0: Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Bass University Live. Uh, we're just so excited tonight. We've got a great show, as usual, in store tonight with an amazing guest. Um, uh, man, one of the best, if not the best, smallmouth anglers on the planet right now. And uh he is uh he's gonna be with us tonight talking about all, all the all the techniques and tools he uses to catch them. It's Scott Dobson. He has won three toyota series events on smallmouth and a bunch of bfls and tons of other tournaments uh, lake saint Clair specialist the great Lakes specialist with wins there uh detroit river thousand islands erie the all those types of places and he's going to be with us tonight can't wait to have him a friend of mine we've traveled together uh for a few years known each other a really long time and he thinks and and you know attack smallmouth differently than a lot of people do and i really like his style and i'm looking forward to uh picking his brain especially because i'm going to be up at thousand islands fishing the Bassmaster Open in a couple weeks so uh, i'm looking forward to speaking to him about that so get your questions ready you want to talk uh, smallmouth clear water tactics uh spy baits jerk baits uh tubes Anything you you want to talk about? Smallmouth. He's going to be with us here in just a little while. So our buddy Scott Dobson is coming, and um, I'm glad to be here. We've all been busy, super busy, running around. It's great to be back at Bashu Live. I'm in my uh, my home studio tonight, but I can see the boys in studio. Riz and BTC. How are you guys doing?
1: I'm a man, Peter. I got a beard, and gray hair. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You, you've been getting your work done, man. You, you've got a big smallmouth tournament coming up, man. You're going to be able to get all your work done so you can go?
1: I'm going to get uh, – yeah, I think I'm going to get that done. I don't know if I'm going to be prepared to go. Mike's going to pick me up, and I'll just be like, dude, I'll just use your rod, you know? <laughs> just take one rod.
2: It's probably, yeah. probably, probably all you need, just take a drop shot or something. Black Senko. Yeah. That's
1: that's
0: that, that may maybe all you need. That's all I'm tying on, you
2: know? I mean, I'm, that's I'm all you've try- had tied on pretty much for what, the last two months, right? And. Your cash check you know, in every single event.
0: I'm gonna try, you know, punching a three quarter ounce, uh, you know, weighted Senko in 20 feet of crystal clear water with no grass around. I, we'll, it, uh, it would we'll
2: probably give, work.
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll give that a go. Trigger yeah.
2: that reaction strike, Pete. Yep, hey. for sure.
0: Hey, how the flats going, Riz? I didn't get a chance to talk to you after you, uh, Spent some time out
2: there. Yeah, the Flats uh this weekend, Pete, was uh it didn't treat me so well. Um it's definitely still fishing very healthy. Um, you know, the uh the winning bag, which was not mine unfortunately, was uh was uh, almost twenty pounds, about 19 and nineteen and a half. Uh big shout outs to our buddies, guys. uh Connor Cahill, Adam satinoff got themselves another win on the flats this year. They're having a great run down there. Um, but all in all, it's uh, it's still fishing pretty good, Pete. When you get around the fish and they decide to bite, it's a very fun place to be. Did you
0: ever get around the stripers like we talked about for
2: not, fun? Uh, not, not as, not, not quite as good as you did as far as the size. Uh, but sure. got around uh some numbers of you know what you would consider to be schoolies, uh, yeah. schoolie size stripers. You know, no, they were they were all between you know two and four, two and four, four or five pounds. Um, nothing real big, but some fun top water action in there. So it was, uh, it was, it was a fun bite.
1: What's eating size. What, what's keeper size?
2: Uh, 19 inches.
1: 19 is? Yeah. Okay.
2: 19. Eat any? Did, did you? No, 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 no keepers. And I, well, eh, some of them might've been close, but I was more in the mode, just throw back and fire back in there and get another bite.
1: Rich awesome. catfish.
2: <laughs> uh, I definitely eat the stripers I, too. Bottom,
0: bottom fish.
1: You know, they just had I a uh, snakehead derb out there Pete you see that
0: I did not see that
1: yeah Scott Sewell was a big part of I guess he set the set the deal up um but still they had a, a snakehead derb I think they had 30 boats 15 kayaks or something along those lines no 70 some uh, snakehead brought in and at the end of the event they had a couple guys there cleaning them and they cooked them all up fish fry on the wow. chestnut. yeah
0: that's pretty cool where 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 was that out at
1: i don't know i would imagine you know he's a he's a middle river guy right thereabouts yeah mm-hmm. i think so so i would imagine
0: interesting why well, I, I uh put beat down on uh bob Soley uh with a five pound catfish uh taking first place miscellaneous fish in my tournament on sunday over a three pound snakehead
1: Ooh, there you go that's a big cat <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was fun. We had we had fun. We were at the DOD, but we were taking the military uh out fishing for an event and, and what a great cause. I appreciate uh Woods and Bob Water, and I believe it is. That's right. And you know, there's um it's great cause, man. There's there's a high suicide rate amongst veterans and, and this whole program is designed to get the boys out fishing. Yeah. Um and it clears their heads and it gets them. You know out and you know on the water and gives them a focus and it it really helps and i, I was happy to participate in it and it was a great event my buddy paul and me we caught over a 100 fish what uh out of the dod we did
2: how we many caught, of them were up. were 12 inches or better
0: oh uh, one well,
1: <laughs> sounds about right <laughs>
2: what were we, you catching
1: uh, dude bluegill
0: what we 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 were drop shotting um with minnows and, uh, we were we were drop shotting with uh night crawlers. okay <laughs> <laughs> it was it was so awesome we uh we went out right uh, this is a bass fishing tournament but they give out prizes for biggest panfish. Yeah, yeah yeah and it's sort biggest, of a
1: bass fishing tournament but yeah yeah right yeah. it's
0: it's missed and, and a prize for miscellaneous so i'm out there i kind of know what i'm in for in the dod on the bass side i know we're kind of in for a grind and and, uh my buddy paul my partner he brought like four tubs of night crawlers and
2: (laughs) nice we're um
0: and and that's a good partner to draw (laughs) (laughs) so i start throwing top waters and you know nothing's looking at them it's it's so hot already you just feel that all right we're in for a major grinder and uh, and I kept watching his cork just go boop, just bobbing around. They just couldn't they couldn't lay off of it. So we got rid of the cork. We switched up to drop shots, and I was using that hummingbird, the the 2D sonar and down imaging. You could just see the lasagna noodles come under the boat. They were using my boat as shade, just like they're going to be going up a thousand Islands. And um, these giant schools of bluegill and uh, white perch were under the boat, and you. 10 feet of water 15 feet of water just drop down just catch them every cat so <laughs> we had a fall catching bluegills perch crappie we actually won the biggest panfish with a crop okay so uh, nice yeah yeah we we had we had a blast
1: so i think solely well uh, took uh best honors hey man did
0: he ever he uh ex- they've had three events in uh in our area and solely has won all three events he won on Union Lake, I think Asim Pink was the other one. Yeah, yep. And then here at the Dods. So, you know uh, what's funny, Pete? Yeah. It,
1: his his partner carried them. Well, caught the bigger fish in both, at least Assinpink and Dod. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Yep. And
0: he's uh, he's been paired up with a female both times that have neither one has ever been fishing. So uh, of course he put on a put on a senko and just had him bombing around and. Yep. And and they saved them every time.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Would you? How many?
2: How many bass did he have? Three. Okay. Three.
1: Three. It's like a soccer game. (laughs) (laughs) That's what fishing is in South Jersey. It's soccer.
0: Dude, you know what's interesting about this uh, lake is the bait fish is just exceptional. Like the amount of healthy bluegill and white perch, yellow perch, and all that stuff and i'm like wow i can't believe there's not some five to seven pound bass out there that have st- starting to get healthy on these fish there's some know? big
1: ones
2: they just live very deep
1: yeah and they're enough they're not falling for your nonsense
0: yeah i dropped earthworms on them they weren't they weren't falling for that either <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I dropped earthworms, Pete earthworms.
2: <laughs> dude
0: i i went i was part of my strategy I went to the very deep, I found 30 feet of water, man. I'm like, we're going deep. We went, we're drop shotting in 30 feet of water, but every, everything coming up Bluegill, you know.
1: Isn't that amazing? A lot of, yeah. Yeah. It,
0: it was cool. Very, it was very, very cool. Cool event. Um, uh, we had, they treated us well. They fed us with Mission Barbecue. Shout out oh, to Mission Barbecue, right who catered the event. Nice. Man, what a great thing. They brought out, uh, you know, pulled pork and and chicken and uh, and all the fixings and sweet tea and all that, all that cool stuff. So uh, it was, it was a hundred degrees in the shade, but we uh, we had fun catching what we caught and and uh, appreciate those guys having me. And I want to invite everybody uh, to go check them out. Brian, what was the name of that group again? It's I always mess up. Woods and up. water. Wood, Woods and water. Woods and water. Guys, they need boats. They need boats for their next events. If you want to come and help out the the military guys and gals. Uh, get yourself signed up, participate in the next event. I don't know if there's another one this year or not, but uh, what a, what a great cause! And uh, I had a blast, and appreciate them having me there. So go check it out. But uh, guys, if you're just tuning in, Scott Dobson's going to be with us tonight. We're going to be talking smallmouth. We've got a I've got a Bassmaster Open coming up. Ike and uh, BTC are going to be taking on the Toyota Series at a Messina on the St. Lawrence River. Uh, So it's perfect time to be talking about it. Scott just came off a massive fourth place finish at the FLW tackle warehouse tournament came real close to winning that one and um, be interesting to hear his story and how that all went down. So he's going to be with us here shortly, but Riz, we got a ton of stuff going on uh, tonight, just like always. uh, What are we giving away?
2: Yeah, that's right. Pete Um, uh, as always uh, for um, for questions, we're going to be giving some stuff out. We actually have uh, four things going out the door tonight for uh, our question askers. Uh, there's going to be two Gills gift cards uh, that are going to go out for uh, people whose questions we bring into the show. And then also we're going to give out two uh, $25 TH Marine gift cards uh as well guys so it really pays to be a bash you subscriber uh if you're not signed up now's a great time to get involved uh get over there uh try out try us out for a free trial man just uh, use code bu live 30 during tonight's broadcast and you'll get 30 days free unlimited access to over 900 videos uh all with one goal in mind to help you catch more big bass uh We also have a grand prize uh, tonight that's $100 uh, worth of tackle from all of our awesome sponsors at the Bass University like Rapala, Missile Baits, um, Flambeau, and uh, TH Marine. And then also tonight for our folks over there on Facebook, we got a Facebook like and share uh, going on as well. That's $50 uh, worth a tackle from our awesome sponsors. Uh, so if you're watching on Facebook, guys, just like tonight's feed, share the feed, and uh, you'll be entered in for a chance to win uh, some awesome prizes. But uh, but guys, if you're not signed up yet, now's a great time. Uh, if if you're serious about your bass fishing and you have not checked us out yet, you're you're really you're, you're selling yourself short. So check it out www. Take your fishing to the next level with us. We want we want you to be involved in the program.
1: That's right.
0: Absolutely. And the and discounts. Uh, my
1: goodness gracious. Yeah. Come on.
0: And we've got uh Mega Live with Lee Livesey is going to be released very soon. It's in it's in an editing suite right now. And uh Hummingbird out with their uh forward-facing sonar. Mega Live, can't believe it. We had a blast. Uh, Riz and I were out filming with Lee on and it was just incredible watching him shoot the uh the bridge pilings and the weed edges and just seeing seeing the bait and the fish hiding behind the habitat it was uh it was crazy crazy good stuff so look for that coming real soon anyone who runs a tight ship knows that a covered boat is a clean boat months of facing the elements during the season can leave your boat looking worse for the wear that's why empirecovers.com is here to help you protect all your vehicles against mother nature Whether you need a secure cover for trailering your boat, a waterproof cover when you're mooring your boat, or a bimini top for some shade on the water, empirecovers.com offers high quality, affordable cover options that are engineered to protect. They offer covers for your other vehicles as well cars, trucks, RVs, jet skis, and more. Everything you got that you keep outside, they got it covered. Every cover comes with a free multi-year warranty to guarantee that it remains durable over time. With over 100,000 customer reviews, you can trust that Empire delivers quality products and customer service. Listeners, our guys can receive free shipping plus 60% off the original price of their cover order. Visit empirecovers.com backslash bash you. Or use promo code BASS60 at checkout. EmpireCovers.com. Protect what you love. Guys, If you, I've seen you. I've, I've driven down the road to the launch ramp. I see boats partially covered, not covered, campers. You got something that you keep outside. I know you're looking at it like, man, I need to get a cover for that. Now is the time. It's an amazing deal. 60% off the original price plus free shipping. EmpireCovers.com guys check it out um do, do we have anything Are we do you talk about our like and share riz tonight yeah to so to uh and also pete
2: else? uh also pete guys also any, pete yeah also pete anybody who uh likes and shares tonight feed you're also entered in for a chance to win an empire cover so yep. guys even more the reason like and share tonight's bash you feed and you could be winning yourself a $300 Empire cover. It's right. a great deal.
1: Like and Jerry, uh, and the guys on YouTube, uh, entertain me, dude, and I'm going to throw some of you guys in the mix. Bring it. <laughs> let's hit a commercial, uh, Pete.
0: Let's hit a commercial. We'll be right back with Scott Dobson talking smallmouth right after this.
3: Right here. Right now. Performance-driven gear so you can fish longer, harder, gills performance fishing hey
0: guys, 2021 red crest champion dustin connell here and if you watch live coverage we just got done at lake Ufala. i caught my fish using the active target with lawrence what you didn't see is i run a sea clear power harness in my
3: boat one of the main advantages to running this harness is it does not drain my batteries down at all running my four units and what that's going to allow me to do is i'm able to see my bait at
0: 8 a.m just as good late in the day y'all check them out at SeaClearPower.com.
3: You take pride in your boat, so it deserves the best protection possible. Our durable woven fabric prevents ripping and provides UV protection. And our tape seams provide protection against the elements. The heavy-duty shock cord hem and strap and buckle system provide a tight and secure fit. Our top-of-the-line boat covers come with a ventilation system to keep your boat free from mold buildup. Empire Covers. Protecting what you love.
2: Aquaview, the leader in underwater viewing technology.
4: Yep. And I get back and, and I take a sip of it.
0: Oh. <laughs> <And> well, <laughs> Welcome, Welcome back to Bass University Live. And we, we were just talking about IPA, Scott.
4: Well, this one is called Timber IPA. I picked it up here in Beckley, West Virginia. Ooh. And I wanted to drink a beer before the show. And I took a sip of it. This tastes like water. I looked down at the bottom, it says 3.8%. I must have just drink bottled water, so it's a dub. Probably well, the worst beer I ever had. <laughs> yeah. well, I need a beer. Hold on.
2: Tell it like
0: it Yeah, is. Yep. <laughs> I'd be better well, off at, with a bush light. Yeah, at least you'll be well hydrated for the show. Yeah, exactly. That's good. Guys, uh, here with us, here he is. is our boy, Scott Dobson. He's won a ton, won three Toyota Series, a smallmouth uh specialist friend two. of mine. Two of them? I saw two Toyotas. Saw, what was the third multi-day uh ML Major League Fishing Tournament you won?
4: None yet. I came in second at a second, a third, and two W's on the Toyota. And I won Angler of the Year on the Toyota a couple of years ago. And I can't get past a fourth place finish on the tour.
0: Well, that's, fourth is amazing. You just come off a fourth place finish. I was looking at your two-day win on Lake St. Clair at the, at the BFL level. You must have won the Super Tournament there.
4: I think I won two of those. I think I won two of those, maybe. It, well,
0: you've you won a ton. Uh, what would you want, six BFLs
4: on the uh, yeah. St.
0: Clair and Detroit River?
4: hmm yeah. Yeah, crazy. You know, I never thought, Forever. I never thought I could win a BFL because the competition's so stout on the Great Lakes. And you got the Ohio boys, you got the Michigan Mm -hmm. boys and the Indiana boys, and it just was never, it would never happen. And then it just happened. And then it happened, and then it happened again, and then it happened again. And then I won one in the spring and I won one in the fall. And I'm like, and that's like that's a big deal. I mean, anyone's a big deal. I don't care if you're fishing a jackpot tournament on your local lake to right up to the national level. But um, yeah, once you win, you're like, oh, that wasn't so bad. I did everything right, or I did everything wrong, and I still won. But to win on the on the BFO levels is amazing against your peers and the people that you grew up fishing against. And then to win on the Toyota level was satisfying, greatly satisfying. And then to do it again in Trenton, Michigan, on the Detroit River, where I actually grew up. Last year was was incredible. I mean, it was just a, a whirlwind of emotions to win, and the town I grew up in as a child, and where I used to catch smallmouth and largemouth off the bank, not out of boat. Wow. I'm talking like wow. driving around on my bike or on my moped, and that was cool. That was a really cool event. Man that
0: that must have been super cool. The the is Trent. Where is that? Is that down by the mouth of Erie?
4: Or? Yeah, so Trenton is where the Detroit River dumps into Lake Erie. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, so it's current, and you got the lake, you got the mouth of the river and you got the river itself, super dynamic fishery loaded with smallmouth, loaded with largemouth. I mean, the whole system is all the way up through St. Clair and St. Clair River and out into the Bass Island. So, that's where I grew up. That's where I cut my teeth. Oh. And uh, I love fishing rivers. I love fishing smallmouth. I love everything smallmouth.
2: Is that is well, that called Trent or Trenton?
4: Trenton, T-R-E-N-T-O-N. Oh, okay. Trentin, Michigan. We, Not we to be confused with Trenton, New Jersey, not yeah, Trent, we, New
2: Jersey. We have a Trent in New Jersey and it, it's also near a river, but it's actually, instead of where the river's dump together, it's just where people usually dump their trash. Yeah. So oh, okay. that's yeah, our trend. Yeah, the river
1: but, is to dump.
4: Yeah. This river is yeah. a little cleaner. So the Detroit river is, uh, is an amazing fishery. Obviously Lake St. Clair yeah. is, um, with the goby, the perch population, we got alewives. we got shad, we got crayfish, uh, everything. So it's, uh, super incredible fishery right down to the end of the St. Lawrence river.
0: Right. Where you have one as well. And, uh, you know, I want to ask you this because it's interesting to me and I I don't know if you put it together yet uh, because you started winning and you said, you know, then the wind started piling up. You're fishing against guys that, man, they spend their whole lives out there and they're dialed in. They, they have been winning there for a a long, long time. And it's so hard to best them. It, it's got to be so difficult to, to outperform them. What, what, how, do, how were you able to separate yourself and, and get those wins?
4: You know, I really, honestly, I, I don't know. And I'm just humbled to be on the show, first of all. Like, it's an honor to be on your show. You know, Pete, we go way back. But uh, I never really considered myself a good fisherman because we're always our own worst critic, right? You know, so we always want to do better. We always want to develop a pattern better or a technique or whatever it is. But, you know, I still get my teeth kicked in on smallmouth fisheries and I get my butt kicked on largemouth tournaments and I have success in largemouth, but I do like fishing for smallmouth and I, I can't, I don't know if I can explain it. I can, we can talk about different things, but I fish fast, super fast. Mm. I fish, fish really fast and I try not to pay attention to like little nuances or details in practice and I think I tried to put that together in the tournament, especially now like on the tour with two days of practice, you can't spend a lot of time doing something. But over the years and looking at how I fish in smallmouth events, uh, I'm like a run and gun kind of guy. And that doesn't mean that I'm not on a pattern. Or I don't develop a pattern during the day, but I want to figure out what the what the pattern is by fighting active fish on whatever they're on that day. And huh. 90% of my fish probably come in 15 feet or shallow. Me personally, I like to be able to see the bottom. I want to see something out there. I want to, whether it's rock, a little bit of cabbage, maybe some clean spots, maybe a little edge, maybe a current seam, a little swirl in the water, a little up upwelling in the river, anything like that, any kind of nuance that's maybe a little bit different. than there could be, you know, 15, 20 fish in a spot the size of a you know a clean mattress and that's what I look for so I look for anything and it can be anything but typically in rivers and the Great Lakes it's something to do with a little bit of rock a little bit of cabbage a little bit of clean bottom and a little bit of current that current, currents, mean- and, yeah and currents everywhere in the Great Lakes so you know it's from the rivers to, you know, even in where you think you have slack water in the river, you got current. Might be a back current. There's, you know, it might be a subtle current. And in the middle of Lake Erie, there's current. In the middle of Lake St. Clair, there's current. In the middle of Lake Ontario, there's current. So there's current everywhere, and those fish relate to that current. And it dictates how they're going to feed, when they're going to feed, and if they're good or not. And I still got a ton to learn. And we're always learning every day as anglers and smallmouth, they're curious by nature so i you know and i like to throw fast moving baits and i like to get a rise out of a out of a fish i don't need to catch them in practice but you know i'm fishing fast moving baits you know i, I would consider you know a jerk bait my fastest moving bait that I, I throw a crank bait and then it goes on the swim bait bait, etc and then once i find fish then i'll worry about catching them later in the tournament but you know, i used to just come ramming into an area just pick up my jerk bait <laughs> you know and and that yeah i catch fish but i learned that well it's not always best to come in and just start ramming the jerk bait down there because you know some days they eat it they choke it they cigar it and you got them and you could drag them all the way back to the weigh-in some days you know just like when i got back from st lawrence i they were choking it day one and day two day three they were bumping it pushing it slapping it getting two or three cranks on it so I learned to come in and throw a swim bait, throw a net, throw a dropper, you know, maybe a fluke, something where I know that I'm going to have a higher percentage of land them. And then if that's not happened, I pick up the jerk bait. And if it slacks out or if it gets tough or funky, I'll pick up the spy bait. So I just try to do a lot of different things. If it's windy and rough and blowing and you know, a spinner bait is always a great thing to throw if you're in 12 feet of water or less. And, uh, you know, I just do as many things as I can to figure out what's going on that day. Because you can always catch them on a drop shot, but they don't always eat a drop shot. And you are you can't cover a lot of water throwing a drop shot. So I'm kind of like a bowl in a china shop when it comes to smallmouth fishing. Usually when I run up on a hole, I blast over it with my boat. And my team partner, Kyle Green, yells at me, he's like, you ran over the spot. I'm like, oh, they'll, they'll still be in there. You just turn around and... <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love that style, man. And yeah. and I love that that, that concept because I feel the same way about smallmouth and is like people ask me like like the your pairings the night before the tournament, like what are you catching them on? Well, I have <laughs> I no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah. I'm gonna have ten, 10 rods rigged, ready to go. And you know, in the morning we may catch them this way. In the afternoon, when the wind changes, we're gonna have to switch again. Is is mm-hmm. you never really know how you're gonna catch them till till yeah, they you say don't,
4: go. no. Exactly. And you never know what's going to happen during the day. I mean, it could be blowing and they're snapping and middle of the day, the front blows through and it just goes dud on you. And everything you're doing prior to that goes to hell in a handbasket. And you're like, well, I I can't get a bite. What am I going to do? And, you know, then you got to soak a tube on the bottom and dead stick it or a Ned rig, you know, and you got to do little weird things to get bites. So there's all kinds of stuff that you can do. I mean, right down from cracking a tube and you know, but you can always get some kind of a re- typically get some kind of a reaction out of a smallmouth with the rip bait, you know. That's just in my experience. So clear water for me, and, and we're talking clear water, and we're talking smallmouth, obviously, and it's you know, the Champlains and the Great Lakes stuff is where most of my experiences. And I had a really good tournament done on on Teleco uh, spawn deal and I located, you know, fish down there on, on a jerk bait. And yep. I found out that they were all spawning. And I went from like 160th place on day one to almost make a top 10 with a 20 some pound bag on day two, you know? So weird things like that happen with smallmouth are curious by nature. And they always wanna look at a bait. They may not always eat And then you just gotta figure out how to get them to bite. So talking about practicing covering water, I just try to cover as much water as I can. And I do the same thing in the middle of Lake St. Clair. It might be with a double deep jerk bait, it ruts your arm you know it kills you ripping that bait and over 18 19 feet of water but you know crankbaits always effective you know a rig super effective and we can go on and on and on but i guess you know what do you want to know we can talk about a lot of different things and yeah well a couple I, things
0: There's so you you've talked touched on so much that i want to dive in we're bash you so we dive into the details the x's and o's but the one thing that is that that you taught me and I and it was it was eye-opening for me we bumped into each other practicing for I guess one of the FLWs we were on St. Clair out in front of the miles Uh uh, I think is where it was and you know we were talking about current and you started and it was calm it was like slick as glass at that moment which it never is right and we were able to get right next to each other and I was at you were talking about current I'm like well what do you mean and you started pointing at the horizon and showing me current seams.
4: Yeah, yeah. And
0: I, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, oh my god! It was like, boof! My mm-hmm. mind was blown. I'm like, I get it, I get it now. It's not just mindlessly drifting out here yeah. in 25 square miles of grass flats. It's there's actually seams and eddies that occur out in the mm-hmm. middle of the lake. And uh,
4: yeah, that was that so was amazing. Yeah, and and like on Saint Clair. Uh, you see that a lot and you, you don't see it every day, it's got to be the right day, it's got to be relatively calm, you know, or, or a moderate to light breeze. Sometimes when the wind blows out of the south, light, slight, you'll be able to see that. And you'll see these big long current seams just running through the lake and they run from, you know, north to south. I mean, St. Clair doesn't line up exactly north to south, but it pretty much does and And what the, what that is, is, you know, Lake St. Clair is flat and barren as a rule, but it has little subtle depth changes. And a lot of times where that current, it changes every year. So like I got 3000 waypoints on Lake St. Clair and maybe 50 of them are good, you know, but they change every year. So what we find is we get these little clusters of waypoints, catch fish, good one market, market, market. And then what you notice is they kind of like follow a pattern. They follow a line and that's typically like a current rip. And it's not that the current is ripping through there, but it might be where there's like a little subtle micro break, like four or five inches, you know, you don't get vast depth changes on Lake St. Clair where you go, Mm -hmm. Oh, it's 17. Oh, it drops down to 20. It's like 17 and a half. Right like that. And that that little break might run a mile or two. And it might have like a little divot in it or like a little little swing in or a little bump out and stuff that you really can't graph with side scan, and it's just more of like, and if you could see that little subtle current seam out in the water, you kind of use them, you run them, you cast across them, you know, a rigs and swim baits, you know, anything that you can cover a little bit water. And obviously now, I mean, not to get carried away, but you're you, if you don't have forward facing sonar, I mean, I use Active Target by Lawrence and that just takes all the guesswork out of it. You almost don't even have to cast out there. And so you just, now you can just put the trolling motor on like four or five or six, you know, whatever your comfort level is. Now, if it gets a little bouncy and it gets a little rough, it gets challenging because you're, you know, bouncing in and out of the water, but just kind of like trolling motor around and just panning back and forth with your active target. And just, I put it out at a hundred feet and it's always on forward. I don't, I don't use the scout mode. I use Mm -hmm. it when I'm shallow, but I use for, put it at a hundred and I'm just kind of ripping around, looking at that. Now I will bomb around and randomly cast and still try to catch fish, but I want to see them. And I want to see that little, I call it a soldier. I see a little plastic soldier out there, just kind of like a little hash, you know,
3: and that's a bass.
4: And 90% 90 of the time it's a bass, could be a drum, but you get it within 10 feet of them and they, they just eat it.
0: That's small enough for you.
4: simple as that yeah i mean if you see it and you get it close within like 10 feet they're gonna eat it like wow 90 of the time you might have to cast them three or four times some of them get a little moody you know and now everyone's doing it so it's getting a little tougher you know so to the point where sometimes i'll turn it off
0: just just to be able to get closer to the fish or
4: because it pings i don't know it's annoying it's you know, it's no different than turning off your sonar yeah. when you're paying and going in anywhere, you know, so mm-hmm. if you don't need it, if they're, you know, if it seems like, if it seems like they're running from it, well, why do you want the fish to run away from you? I'd rather have them run into my live well. So if I know they're there, you know, but if they're biting and I'm, I'm casting the fish and they're eating, I'm going to keep it on. But you can turn it off just to see if it, you know, does anything. Mm-hmm. But currents, currents, everything in smallmouth, it's everything out in the lake in Lake St. Clair um they like to be around a little bit of cabbage uh doesn't need to be a lot little sprigs are good they like to be around sand grass that bumps up to sand and you know i imagine like a smallmouth in 19 17 18 19 feet of water in the middle of the lake and uh, i can't see them so it pisses me off i can't see them but i can see them now on my active target but mm-hmm. you can't really see exactly what they're sitting on but i imagine the smallmouth sitting out there on sand grass it's green, it's short, you know, little short grass. And I see them looking out on the sand spot and they see a crayfish out there or a perch and they run out and they eat it. So I throw my tube out there, I throw my drop shot out there, throw my my jerk bait across that, I throw my spy bait across that. And that's how I fish deep on Lake Sinclair. I look for those, those current seams and it ends up being a little subtle break where the current passes around and a little bit of cabbage. Definitely want some clean spots and sand grass. And can, you, can, can you describe anywhere
0: can you describe uh, for somebody that's going to go try to find a current seam what what visually does that look like when you're when it's slick calm out what does a current seam look like?
4: this looks like a little it'll be a little bit of ripple on the water and then there'll be like a, a flat spot and it might be two or three miles long and then you'll see another one like 200 yards over from it or 400 yards over and they just you just see them everywhere. And like, I imagine like, you know, Lake St. Clair, all the Delta come out and then they all pour out into the lake, you know? And, it, and it's mm-hmm. just like a big, you know, big apple, right? And the current just flows. That current washes through that lake like a toilet. It flushes every three days. I don't care That's what's going crazy. on. So, you know, it there's always water moving there. So it's, uh, and those fish can be anywhere in that lake and they usually always are. Well,
0: now, it. it no, that's because, current is key. You talk, you've said it. Uh, it, it's a massive, uh, important part of, of smallmouth. We talked about it on the islands out at Lake Erie, and of course, at Thousand Islands, current is everything. Yeah, so but, uh,
4: yeah, stop right, right, like right there, real quick. So, years this is a gazillion years ago when we used to just mindlessly drag. We, before we had you know anchor modes on our trolling motors and whatnot, you know, dragging was king, and you'd throw a buoy. On the sweet spot and you would drift across it, right? Yeah. Well, oddly enough, like the wind would be blowing this way, but your marker buoys laying the other way. We're well, like, Well, that's weird. Why is the marker buoy going the other way? Well, duh. I mean, there's current out there. I mean, I don't care if you're out at the, at the middle of Peely or out at Point Peely or anywhere out there, there's current going across there. And then obviously with the the long shaft trolling motors and the high thrust trolling motors and you know lithium batteries, now we we hunker down and we hold on the spot all day. You couldn't it's, do that. You couldn't do that before. So, and not, that's important that in a river. Now going, you know, from from the lake with current to a, a river with a lot of current and being able to hold in strong current and hold. That's that's key with smallmouth and in you know everyone yeah yeah the fish are getting bigger sure with the gobies but we as anglers are getting more proficient and we're getting mm. better and and just like. You know, you and I and everyone else, we got to be adapting and, and evolving, and you got to stay up with the latest, you know, techniques and, and products that are out there available, or you're going to get left in, in the dust. And you know, sometimes I can't always catch them deep. If I can't catch them deep, like two days of practice on the St. Lawrence River, why am I going to go try to catch them deep? Spend two days trying to drift around with a, you know, a drop shot accent? No, wow, I'm going to go up shallow. I'm going to get in my comfort zone, and I'll I'll find fish. And I had one, two, three areas. I was stopping Morristown. I was hitting up around—I don't know. I guess that's Chippewa up there by the castle. And then I was flying up to Cape Vincent. And I learned that you know, oh, they bit here in the morning, but they bit better up here in the afternoon. But up here, there's just bigger fish. But I had bigger ones down there. So you try to hit it on your way up, and then you know, hunker down in an area. Your best potential area where you got multiple areas, multiple spots that you can hit, and then still try to keep your other stuff downriver river honest. because you you want to touch it on your way back too. And you know, fishing shallow, you can run into an area and you can you know ram through there in five minutes, and oh, you either see them or you catch them or you see them. You know, they're not biting. Oh, flipping a drop shot. You know, the cat and mouse game. Get them to come up on on the rip bait. Throwing the dropper, or throwing the net, or throwing the tube, and that's just what I do. I fish fast and furious, and but I, I'll pay attention and I'll figure stuff out as it goes throughout the day and just try to figure out what they want, you know.
0: Yeah, well, you just did that. You just come from an FLW. You got fourth place and made that the the tackle. We call, it
4: MLF, we call it MLF now. <laughs> Major League Fishing. MLFLW. <laughs> LW. yeah. So, yeah, the Tackle Wells Pro Circuit was on uh, the St. Lawrence River <laughs> And I had a bad year. You know, I wasn't having a great year. And I can't say, I don't know why, but I just never got in a groove. And uh, I bombed on the Potomac. And the last time I was on the Potomac, I just almost made the top 10. And I went there. I mean, I caught limits every day, but I just did bad. And I was mm-hmm. all dejected. And I'm like, oh, well, well, I can set my sights on, a, you know, a top four finish on the St. Lawrence. And it happened. And by that, coming in the top four in the Tackle Wireless Circuit, they take the top four. Non-BBT guys, and we get to advance to the next Bass Pro Tour event, which just happens to be on Lake St. Clair. How about that? In, in September. <laughs>
0: that's well. That's got to. Yeah. That's got to be huge. Well, that's obviously huge. Everybody now is like hoping you finished fifth place uh, at the Tackle Warehouse <laughs> Tour, but you didn't finish fourth. Yeah. You got in, and now you have the target on your back at this event. I know.
4: And, and, you know, and oddly enough, I was leaving the next morning, and the first phone call I got was Jacob Wheeler. He's like, dude, I got fish against you now. <laughs> yes. so I had to that, laugh. So. That's so and, awesome, man. Yeah. So that guy's on What was the next too.
1: question he asked you? Ah,
4: what do you think it's going to take? I'm like, a lot. A lot. It's going to take a lot of weight. I, you know, I don't know if it's going to break the earlier tournament in June on the St. Lawrence uh, when they're all spawning, but uh, it's going to be a high weight tournament and there's going to be some giant fish caught and there's going to be a lot of fish caught and there's going to be large mouth caught up the wazoo and smallmouth.
0: Wow. Well, how, how about this? This is new for you, right? This is a new format. Uh, where you're not you're not going to be weighing just five you're going to be going for numbers are you going to change the, the way oh that yeah you Think, Claire
4: yeah so I'm going to change I'm going to you know keep everything honest and I'm going to try to hit some high percentage areas where I think there's the biggest population of fish that are the most aggressive and that they get over that two pound threshold I don't you know I don't want to go and catch two pounders where one might not a non-scorable and the next one might be a scorable. I want to be more in that two and a half to three and a half pound class. So that's what I'm looking at. And, uh, you know, for me, like it's different because I I did fish this format last year on Sturgeon Bay where it was a catchaway release for the title championship. So now going into this event and looking at my five best, I do sometimes I only catch seven, eight fish a day, even on St. Clair. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and some days they bite a little bit better, and some days you catch, you land five or six or seven. So I'm not going to change how I fish. I'm just going to change where I fish and what I'm doing. So, um and you know, I might flip a jig around a little bit too. Ooh, largemouth. Yeah, toss a frog. I mean, sure. Yeah, it's a great largemouth population on on, on, the, on, mm. the, on the on the Great Lakes and the St. Clair and the Detroit River, uh Lake Erie obviously there's a a ton of smallmouth fish are moving in September and they're going to be places and they're going to be loaded in places and they're not going to be in other places you know they're going to be leaving places so um, it's going to be a great event and I think it's going to probably I would say that some days could set records and whatever that record may be you know maybe the biggest highest average weight per fish I don't know if there's going to be 180 pounds or 200 pounds caught but that's a lot of winding. I mean, you got to do a lot of catching to catch over 200, you know. And, and we've had days on St. Clair. I had me and my buddy, we boated 264 bass in a day. And that was a short day in November, you know. Uh, but uh, in the, we've had 100 fish days, but if how, how do you keep,
1: Scott, how do you keep track, man? You got a
4: clicker? One of those clicker, clicker, clickers. Oh, uh, you do? and you still don't even, you miss some even doing that, Oh but yeah! if it if it hits the gunnel, it counts, you know, if it comes <laughs> off in the air, it counts. If it comes up, you know, like, close to the boat, it counts, you know, but... Oh, yeah. Just doing um, yeah, pro you get,
2: releases, where you don't yeah. want to have to deal with the treble hooks, you just kind of yeah. come off at the side of the boat if you want.
4: Yeah, like the treble hook I put in my thumb on uh, day three of the Tech Wars World Circuit on the St. Lawrence, where I flipped a little 12 inch around a jerk bait. And I went to grab him and he flipped and the hook went right into my thumb, right down to the bone. Oh um, yeah. Oh, small mouth a, are
1: great for that.
2: Sounds
4: awesome. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and I, oddly, I, I don't do that that often. Like you'd think I had rip baits and I don't hook myself that often, but it happened that day and it hurt. And I didn't have any braids. So the camera guy was there and then he came over and he was a musky fisherman. The guy was driving the boat. So he had a big piece of braid and, um, uh, Sean from, uh, MLF ripped it out and I went back to fishing. So oh, awesome, awesome
0: story.
1: You had no hey, braid man, in the
4: boat. T- well, I had braid for my uh, spinner rods, but when I go to the St. Lawrence, I take all the big stakes mm-hmm. out. I so mean, you- I'm not going to go for largemouth or throw a frog. So, yeah, I don't, I lighten up my boat. I don't want a bunch of clutter in my boat. If I'm going smallmouth, I'm going smallmouth. And my tackle's so like refined on, I, you know, I can get by with a one gallon Ziploc bag of tackle you know, so I take what I need and yeah, I'll take some extra stuff, but I don't like a lot of weight if I'm making big runs and I don't want a bunch of clutter in my boat when it comes to smallmouth. So like I keep it kind of simple and I'm doing, you know, pretty much my same game. It's jerk bait, spy bait, drop shot, med rig, tube, swim bait. I mean, awesome. that's, that's it.
0: That's what, that's it. That's a good top five or top six.
4: You forgot Riz, top I
0: know, I, I know we got uh, a lot of IMs on the board and, uh, I want to I want to let our guys get to Scott and try to give away some stuff here. Yeah, what do
2: we got? for sure, Pete. So the uh, the first question I'm going to bring in here is from Philip Campbell. He's going to win himself a uh, twenty five dollars Gills Gear gift card for this question. Um, and Philip Campbell wants to know: uh, Are there certain times a year, Scott, where you can feel like you're around too much bait to catch uh, to catch the bass? And what do you do in those situations if you feel like there's too much bait in an area to to trigger those bass to eat your lure?
4: Well, you know, wow, uh, that's a tough one. Um, I never had that experience. You know, you know, I take that back. You know, uh, years ago, up like behind the uh, the Pickwick Dam and the Wilson Dam, shad up the up crazy amounts of shad, and you just got to like, you know, a big spinner bait. You just got to if you know the fish are there, they're going to be. Obviously, our our baits imitate wounded bait fish so they're always looking for something that's out of the out of the ordinary so maybe change up your color a little bit sometimes you don't always have to match the hatch you know like I'll throw a, a pink fluke or a pink a pink jerk bait or even a a, a painted pink spinner bait like on uh on Cumberland and stuff so sometimes it's not always about matching the hatch with the smallmouth it's throwing something a little bit louder so and just stick to them because the fish are there the baits are the, the bass are there
0: uh, looking different that's that's uh that's a great answer and then we're going to hook them up with some cool prizes we're all the guys that we're taking are uh, bashu subscribers so we're going to hook you up with some cool stuff and uh let's 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 rapid fire raise let's throw a few more at scott
2: okay uh Chris Curry, uh, the next question is going to come from him. He's going to get a $25 TH Marine gift card for this question. Uh, He wants to know what makes a spot a big fish spot uh, as opposed to another area where there may be more small fish. I want to hear Scott's answer
4: on this one. So, like, looking at, like, you know, so talking like shallow spots or deep spots and big fish and little fish the big fish want the prime juice. They want the prime spot. So let's say it's a little subtle point on a flat where the current's rolling over and there's little sprigs of cabbage or like small boulders. He's not going to let little fish occupy that haunt. If there's like, like a lot of bait that passes across that, or there's a steady stream of, you know, gobies that are crawling around there, or if the perch happened to travel through there, that spot, that that little nuance whatever it is whether it's rock cabbage or a combination of all three or a little bit of a little rise or a little clean spot next to a break that fish is there for a reason because that's where there's a lot of food coming from him and he doesn't have to travel far or a lot of effort so he's gonna push the little fish out of the way and like the little fish always seem to get on on like secondary stuff to a point now strangely enough on, on the st lawrence you know i have seen areas that i fish where the little fish are there on one day and I come back and all the King Kongs are there on another day. So, and that has something to do with maybe the current changing or the wind changing in the direction. I haven't really figured it out yet, but uh, the big fish are always on the prime juice, rather shallow or deep, you know, structure, whatever they're holding on. And they just push the little fish out of the way and the big fish usually always bite first. They want to eat first. They're not going to, you know, in my experience.
0: Not gonna—they're not gonna let
4: those little ones in there. I've seen that. Uh, it's like I've Pete's not gonna number. let his son come in and, and grab the fillet <laughs> when he's gonna eat the the sirline, right? They're gonna slide him out of the way.
1: Yeah, Jake's—that's why Jake's already getting missing a finger.
4: <laughs> 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 ah, that's funny.
1: <laughs> hey, Scott. Um, cheers, Bud. Thanks for coming on. Congratulations on oh, success, I- and and there's a good beer.
4: Yeah, that is a good beer. <laughs> yeah, I like the Mosaic nice. Promise better. What's that? Most, uh, Founders Mosaic Promise. Oh, oh dude, nice. I love
1: that purple cans. Purple
4: cans. Yeah, it's not not out yet, so seasonals. I, I do lo- I love Founders. I'm close to Founders. I got Fla- Founders in Detroit and Grand Rapids. What? Nice. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, there are folks we
2: like. Hey, them. cheers
4: again. Yeah, double, double. If I could have picked up a founders in Beckley, West Virginia at the hotel I'm at, I would I would I'd be drinking one, but not yet. I got your back, bro. <laughs> You'll be home soon. You're gonna be home tomorrow, Scott. You
0: you yeah. running that way. You gotta work a little while before you get to fish again. What are you doing?
4: You know, so we went off limits on uh for the BBT on St. Clair. I think it was Monday or last Monday was the last day we could be out there. And all those guys were up at Plattsburgh on champlain so i got to bounce around a little bit and just it was nice that i got to look around like without anyone else around There was no other competitors out there so i was just idling around looking at stuff and just jump you know jumping up looking at, at shallow stuff i was out looking at deep stuff and i spent two and a half days looking where i think the fish are going to be in september so i was looking for little nuances so i had an opportunity to breathe and just kind of go out there and just relax and look at stuff and not, I wasn't worried about fishing, catching, because I knew they weren't going to be there and they're not there yet. So, and I don't want to get wrapped up in a local tournament on my home body of water just because I'm sleeping in my own bed. Oh, I'm going to do great. And I might not, you know, I mean, any. but I want to be able to think open. I want to think different format. I want to think poundage, not, you know, four and five pounders. So I wanted to be able to look around and just kind of think outside of the box. Because like you said earlier, sometimes you've gone into lakes yourself where you whooped everyone's behind and the local people. So it's no different than someone else coming in there like, oh, well, it's so easy. I just went over here and there was 500 smallmouth there and I caught them every cast. And that still makes a great angler. You know, the BBT format, the catchaway release is a unique format. It's still a tournament. Someone's going to win. Someone's going to lose. You're still catching bass. Still have to figure it out. And it's exciting to me because it's like my title championship without qualifying for the title championship, So all my buddies are up in lacrosse and I'm sitting in a hotel in West Virginia, trying to get home. So when I get home, I'm thinking about going to St. Lawrence, but I almost think that I should stay home and get my, get all my affairs in order make sure my boat's dialed in because it's going to be two days of practice and one, two, three, four days of competition. So. And it's going to be nonstop, so it might be a good opportunity to take a breather. Maybe go out and fun fish for smallmouth on Saginaw Bay, or go up to Traverse City and look around. And I don't want to not fish. I do want to be out still casting around and keeping some, you know, smallmouth mojo going. I had a little bit at Champlain. St. Lawrence is good. I had a top ten in the BFL, and uh, so I can't fish anything on St. Clair or Detroit River till September eighth.
0: Gotcha. Well, that, you got a lot of great smallmouth water all around you uh, to practice on, like you said. And uh, hopefully you can get that dialed in a little bit. And you you brought something with you. Um, uh, I brought lots of stuff. Some show and tell. You talk a lot about using a rip bait, a jerk bait. And uh, I know that's probably in your hand most of the time, especially when you're mm-hmm. looking. Uh, yeah. so, show, show, show us your,
4: your best tools. So I, there's, you know, I don't, I'm not stuck in any one uh, particular brand. Uh, I'm affiliated with dual realis. So I th- throw a lot of that. I throw a lot of mega bass, a lot of uh, lucky craft. So to me, it's not about, it's, it's, it's about action of the rip aid. It's about color. And, uh, and I like weight transfer systems. I like to be able to bomb it. You know, I want to, I want to get it out there. Uh, so like, this is my hottest color this spring. This is a, a duo 100 sp and it's called am edge i don't know if we can see it there but it's got a little bit of chartreuse on the belly down there yep yeah. it's got a clear it's got a clear side a little bit of purple on the side and it's got a dark top and now uh, this fish probably caught i don't know three or four hundred bass in like a four or five day period actually i went through two of them i mean it just chewed the paint right off of it so that that was a phenomenal bait and this is a phenomenal color still even on the great lakes they make it in the deep runner uh, Great color. That is probably one of my favorite colors in the dual rip bait. And another one that's phenomenal on the Great Lakes is a duo 110. And make it in a bigger bait. That's a clear ghost uh, gill. So it's translucent. So, translu- translucent colors for smallmouth when it's sunny is a critical thing for me. So, that's one of my little go to. Um, I guess it would be a little. Secret. It's not much of a secret to me. I think everyone knows that translucent base for smallmouth are are great. And then I throw uh, the 110 plus one in Mega Bass, and it's like a see through. This is like a got a little bit of pink in it, a little bit of pearl. It's got a little bit of chartreuse and purple on on the belly. This is a discontinued limited run color, and I won St. Lawrence on that. Discontinued. (laughs) Can't get it. So. This is like, this only comes out on derby day. <laughs>
0: I'm I'm writing these colors down and you're giving me a discontinued color, man.
4: No, you can find it. It's called like, I don't know, Canadian reaction or something.
0: Okay. It's impossible
4: to find like $200 on eBay. Okay. Oh my gosh. And then this is, uh, I think that's called Northern secret. And it's the same, you know, you'll see a trend in these baits. It's clear, you know, they're, they're see-through. I can see right through that bait. It's got a little bit of green, a little bit of purple, a little bit of chartreuse. See a little purple here on the tail? What does it look like, Pete? If you're throwing this like a... Perch. It yeah. It's
0: got a little perch in it. What does what this mean? look like? That looks like a perch too.
4: It looks like a blue yellow. <laughs> so. And then, uh, and you know, when I get around bait and we're looking at shad and, or if it's cloudy, raining, overcast, chartreuse shad is is money. And chartreuse shad great cloudy rainy wow. overcast sunny you know uh any of your uh, ghost minnows anything translucent when it's sunny and but i've had days where they nail this on sunny days too and it you know i guess it doesn't matter on those days
0: talk about that I Scott, get- take a break i want to i want to dive in there because cloudy conditions for smallmouth are tricky especially right when the sun shines like on on Champlain we go smallmouth fishing because that's when you can access the mm-hmm. big ones they are harder to access in the cloudy conditions. So ha- how does an angler get through a cloudy day when he's fishing for a smallmouth?
4: I throw like uh, like a chartreuse shad color a little bit. It just seems like a little bit more loud in the water, you know, like it just pops a little bit more or mm-hmm. like a white, like a pearl color chartreuse shad or, um, you know, like on Champlain, it's, on those cloudy rainy days you know i'm bombing a a spook or a whopper plopper like i've caught some bigs on champlain on a plopper small right yeah and yeah like raining rough two footers you know like <laughs> just pulling it <laughs> i mean throwing water you know you can't mm-hmm. you lose it in the ways in the big spook with you know with a with a big uh rattle in it and that's what i'm doing spinner bait um is phenomenal on champlain when it blows and then on the bottom you know i'll and i just did this on uh champlain there in july or june J- july we were there and it was torquing the second day it was windy it was raining it was c- crappy and it was my best day it's almost 19 pounds you know i had a not a great first day and i missed the top 10 i think it came in 15th or 16th or 17th but uh it was a chartreuse shad i was throwing a, a brown uh tak, you know green pumpkin and uh carolina rig so cover and then the spook you know the spook would be good and then it would die out a little bit and then it'd get good again and then it'd die out a little bit and i caught a couple on a um key fish on a a darker color it's like a shad color uh spy bait that had a little bit of chartreuse on it but it wasn't super like clear translucent just, it looked for whatever reason it looked good in the water so i threw that it was like i don't even know what this color is called but cl base or I it's a oh, good color it, it's this got a lot good. of contrast yeah I, I, this is, uh, yeah this uh, is a the 100
1: yeah I, I think i have that one
4: and then you know if it's sunny and uh you know i like this komochi Wagasaki. it's a really good color and then
1: what what is a komochi Wakasaki?
4: It's this color. That's what it is. Ah, uh, good answer. I don't know. That's the answer. <laughs> I don't. You know, but it's it's a it's a little translucent, and it's got a little you know translucent on the top half, and then it's got a, like a a chrome belly, almost. So it's a good shad imitator alewife. Looks good. Why are smallmouths you know, so hard
2: to land on a spy bait?
4: It's the spy bait.
1: I've lost
2: it's, big largemouth
4: too. It's the angler. Go ahead. No,
1: I, I don't know. I, <laughs> You've lost more than me on it. Tell um, me about
4: it. I I like throwing the bigger ones. I throw the hundred and the ninety, and I throw it on a on a on a bait cast setup, and I throw it on a, a seven and a half foot like like a crank bay rod that I would throw like a DT ten on, you know, oh, or DT six.
3: Well, Long rod, so
4: it's ten, sometimes eight, but usually ten. I want a parabolic crankbait rod. I want like a six, three to one or seven to one gear ratio. I used to throw it on like a five, five to one, but I, I just, I can't catch up to them. But what I liked with the five, five to one is it was a good, I had the retrieve was right. So you don't want your, your five bait rising. When you are bring it in, you want to count it down and you want it to come through the water. Perfect horizontal. And you don't want to do anything, but really you want it. You want it rocking. You want those blades spinning. You want to make sure you don't pick up any grass. And what I do, and Dave, and I know you had him on the show before, is I I crack them. I mean, I set the hook just like I would a jerkbait. And and everyone's like, oh my god, you work that jerkbait, you 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 reef them. So I'm like, well yeah, I want to bury those hook points, you know, in anything I can get them in. So I crack them as hard as I can. Wow. And then I I try to keep them underwater. And that's like the main thing. As soon as you hook them, they're out of the water within. A half a second and they're trying to you know that bait you know they're, they're, they're trying to throw it i mean that's all they want to do to the point where on the st lawrence the only place i've seen this is on the st lawrence where the fish if they can't throw it in the air they go down and they try to knock it off on the bottom no kidding i've seen them like rip jerk baits and spy baits across the bottom on the sand you know like how sometimes you see them when they're spawning they're like doing that thing yeah. on the side Yeah. They're trying to rip it. Yeah. They're trying to rip it out. You'll see it at some point, if you're up there enough, that's the only place I've seen them do that. That's wild. It's up there. And it's it's always the big, the big dudes, you know, it's not like a two and a half pounder, but they're all big up there. So I guess they're all big. Wow. So so Scott,
1: I want to go a little deeper with the spy bait. So you, you don't throw the 80 as much then you're, you're throwing the the 90 and the 100 and that's mostly because you can throw it on a casting rod.
4: Yeah, you could throw the 80g fix on on a on a bay caster and I would go down to eight pound test on that. But I typically throw that on a spinning rod, uh, and I throw that uh, on a seven four, like a medium light, like a, a lighter lighter action rod. Braid to floral, usually eight, but I'll go down to seven or six.
1: You're not straight floral. Oh,
4: mm-mm, no, hmm. no. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to hit them. I want to hit them so hard where. I don't want the line to break. I want maybe the drag just to slip a little bit, but I want to crack them because I tried like just reeling into them. And my buddy said, Oh, you, all you got to do is lean into them. I'm like, no, I'm not just going to lean into them. I'm going to, I'm going to so, crack them.
1: So it's braid the floral with the casting rods as well.
4: That I go uh, straight floral. Okay. Just because uh, I'll use it for a crate bait rod. Too, I guess. So, You're not concerned yeah, so with the uh, braid
1: Are you keeping the bait high?
4: No, I put like a 10 foot, 10, 12 foot leader on, and okay. and like I said, it, even in, you know, 17, 18, 19 feet of water, I've never had a problem with it, and, you know, I want to, you'll know, I mean, you'll, and with the braid, it feels like I can feel stuff more. If I count it down a little too far, and it hits the bottom, I want to know that I hit the bottom, and I want to make sure I don't have any sand grass on there, or pick up a little piece of anything, because... I'm not going to waste a three minute cast and then get it. I'm like, Oh crap. I had a little tinge of grass on there. I'm like, Oh, that was a waste of three minutes.
1: Right. Oh. No, I, I know. And that's, and that's like the toughest thing about the spy baits because you get no feedback from it. You're not deflecting off of anything. You're not, bo- there's no bottom contact. You're not buzzing the surface where you could say it. It's just no feedback. And it's so hard to get.
4: The feedback is the fish following the bait in. That's the feedback.
1: Yeah, if, yeah. If you could. Stay the feedback it is off.
4: you'll 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 wind it in, and you're like, I thought I felt something bump me. I'm like, I think, I, and you wind in, and sometimes they'll come back and they'll smoke it, but you'll see. I'm like, oh, he followed it all the way in, and you're like, oh, well, that's great. Well, that's why I got my little drop shot right here. I'm gonna flip right over there, and he's gonna eat it because he's already fired up. So he followed it in. He's little bi curious, and then you know throw the net or the drop shot over there, and boom. So. Right. Anytime you're you're throwing that rip bait or you're throwing the, the spy bait, uh, have your your med or your whatever your follow up bait is going to be. Typically, ninety percent of the time it's going to be a drop shot. Yeah.
0: What are your hooks, you, Scott? What what's your spy bait hooks? Your jerk bait hooks? Do you alter them? What 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 uh, style hook are you using? The
4: uh, the hooks on on on, on the dual spin baits are phenomenal. I mean, they're super icky sticky. I mean, they're great. I don't have a problem with these hooks. Uh, everything else, like the mega bass, well, the duo jerk baits, I, I keep. Uh, They're hot. It's a nano coated hook. It's super sharp. It penetrates good. It's got a nice barb. Um, on my 100s, uh, I go to a Gamagazzo Superline treble bronze. You can't get them anymore. They don't manufacture that hook anymore. Uh, you can buy them on eBay, and you can find them certain places sell them that's a phenomenal hook and they make it in a four they make it in a two they make it in a six and it's a stout hook it changes the weight of the of the bait it might sink a little bit on you but i don't really care about that and and like spring through early fall because i'm not worried about a suspending bait suspending perfectly i don't care it sinks a few inches you know because that thing yep. is either going to eat it or he's not And i'm more worried about i want to jack him hard and with the big fish i don't want i don't want any I don't want my hooks flexing to the point where they can bend the hook out and lose them because uh, you know how it is. You're like, oh, I got them here, here, and here, and you're bringing them in. And you feel, and you feel like the bait slips like four inches. Like, oh shit, something happened there. Like he's either hooked in the side or he's hooked in the front. And sometimes they're hooked backwards, or the the bill of the jerk bait is towards towards the tail, you know, and and you. That's how you lose them. Because they, right. they can they can move and they can rip that out and you come back and you know you straighten out so and I'll throw Magic Eye Gamagatsu's a lot the short shank Magic Eye and fours and sixes uh, and I throw a lot of the uh, Aaron Martin's uh, the TWG which is their stouter hook um, it's sticky sticky and I, sometimes if they're like kind of nipping at it I feel like that penetrates a little bit better because it's the barb isn't as big and as pronounced, but it just you know I throw. I'm still trying to perfect that. I don't have the perfect answer, but I like gummies. Scott, you no, know, no EWG, real quick
0: BTC. Did, you no, know not, you're a round bend? No, not no. Huh? You're a round bend guy, not an EWG. Yeah. Oh
4: yeah, yeah round bed. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So I did have one bait on there. buddy gave me this bait. But it had UWG's. So I'm like, why does it have with in there? I don't like those things. So uh, yeah. I played around a little bit with this owner hook my buddy gave me. And it's like their STX something. And that's the one that hooked me in the thumb. So mm. it went in pretty quick. But I didn't have any problem with that. It's a modified EWG, but it's more of a, a round, bed. I, I don't know. The Super Lion Trouble by Gamagatsu. I've had hundreds and hundreds of those hooks and... I've won a lot of money on that hook, and I like it. Hard to find, though. If you can find any, send them to me. Hmm. (laughs) What do you you, got, BTC?
1: Do you you mess with the split rings at all? Do you do the braid split rings with that spy bait?
4: No. Uh, You know, people talk about that with the silver buddy, which is probably my other, like, my winter, early spring uh, winter technique. I love blade bait fishing. and I've never messed around with that because usually in that time of the year, I'm not worried about a tournament situation. So but I always put a split ring on my blade bait, but I have not done the braid deal on either of them. And and conceptually it makes a lot of sense, but I have not messed with that. Have you? Has anyone else?
1: No, but I hear people talk about it. So I talk about it. You know, just fronting like everybody else out here.
4: (laughs) Zona,
0: Fighter, we've had guys come on come on the show and, and demonstrate it for us and how it's Uh, completely change their strike to catch ratio on even crankbaits. You know, they go through and, and completely replace everything with that.
1: Pete, if you Uh, remember correctly, Zona was actually really, really mad at Seth for giving it up on Bass U. It was.
4: If you don't don't give up stuff, you never learn anything, you know? Yeah. You know, like it's like, you know, like a lot of times we don't get to go out and fish with other guys where you can learn stuff, but because we're too busy doing our own thing in our own tournaments and practicing where you don't get to learn stuff from other people. So, You know, you guys having the show and having people on uh, gets that out there. And guys, you know, they're not, no one's afraid to give up stuff. You know, you still got to go out and catch them. You still got to go out and apply it. I'm pretty Um, sure
1: that's what led to uh, Seth having to get his hair cut on Mark's show. um, (laughs) You guys remember he got that buzz cut. It was payback.
0: Well, it was a great tip. I mean, it may, conceptually, like you said, Scott, it makes a lot of sense, man. You're, you're eliminating. I've heard, I've seen guys use double split rings to, to a limp or, or to help with the uh, strike to catch and allow more rotation of the treble hook. And uh, the braided deal is uh, that, that, that's pretty unique. I'm waiting for the company to come with, come out of that straight out of the package. Yeah.
4: But, yeah I mean, so- that would be nice, but you know, like, is it going to degrade over time? I mean, I don't know to me, not yet. Maybe I'll play around with it. I don't, I don't have time to do it between now and the Bass Pro Tour event. Um, so I rely on the hooks and I want to make sure I have good split rings. You know, you got to keep an eye on that stuff all the time because small and split rings, they have a tendency to almost work them off a of bait. They'll open sure. them up a little bit. And, you know, and I throw a lot of snaps um, on my rip baits and my crank baits.
0: No kidding.
4: You yeah. Got. Yeah. I'm a snap guy. I've always been a snap guy. And, uh, Dave Rowe, I don't know. Dave Rowe got me on that. He's like the smallmouth godfather in Michigan. And I don't know, I got a snap on one of these baits, but I, you know, I think it gives it a bit more action and I change colors a ton, always changing colors. I'm like, why why didn't that fish eat it? You know, I'm like, "Maybe, maybe he didn't like the color. So I'll put on another color. And like at Champlain, especially like they're so particular there. It's so annoying. It's like so frustrating. I'm like, why isn't so? I'm like, change the color, change the color, change the color, and then boom, you get it. And you're like, okay, that's what they want today. You know, some days they want a white, some days they want something a little purple, some days they want a loud, some you know, shiny, loud or white, and some days they want it yep. subtle. And you know, so
1: and, and the weather will change six times a day, every day at Champlain, yeah, yeah. you yep. know. So yep. I feel like you got to constantly adjust with the uh, changing light conditions and
4: what snap
0: what snap are you using i, I mean i'm same. i'm a snap guy for the same exact reason uh, Makes you more efficient. 52 the
4: fifth number 52 or whatever i don't know i just look for the size i'm like if you ask me what size in that head i throw i couldn't tell you i'm like i don't know it's the one that feels looks right i'm like i don't you know i don't the size is is you know it's just the right size for, i think it's a 52 or a 50 number number 52 or a Everyone names them differently or numbers them differently, but.
0: Yeah. I never had a problem with them opening. That's the biggest argument I get. Cause I use them all the time is having a snap open up. one um, opened
4: to me on uh on St. Lawrence a couple of years ago. I mean, I had a giant on, oh. and it was on, it was on a, a, you know, a special to my heart jerk bait. And I'm like, he jumps and I'm like, I just broke. It. How did I break off? And I reeled it in and it just stopped. I'm like, and I, and so the fish is jumping, trying to throw the jerk bait. I'm on the troll motor with the net trying to get up to the fish to try to catch him. He jumps, so I was like two feet away from netting him, and the bait flies. And the bat, I'm like, should I net try to net the fish? Try to net my jerk bait. And <laughs> I went I went for the jerk bait. So the jerk bait's <laughs> falling down. I can see it falling down the water. I'm trying to scoop it up and I and I missed it. Oh. And that was the only color I had. I was out, like, done. And I got so, like, dejected because it was sunny and I wanted that color today. And the snap opened up. So it could have been me. I don't know how it opened, but it opened. And, uh, yeah, it was a bad day.
1: Same thing happened to my phone on the St. Lawrence. But it wasn't <laughs> it the opened snap. Up, It opened up and went, went it, Yeah. Yeah. It just right to the bottom.
0: <laughs> You're going to the St. Lawrence with uh, Ike this week, uh, BTC. You're going to be fishing as a
4: co-angler. That is correct.
1: So, Scott, I have several questions for you.
4: Okay, hit me. All
1: right. I'm fishing fishing the St. Lawrence, uh, the Toyota Series next week as a co. How – help me out with, you know, what is – the the guys that have been successful behind you, what are the things that they're doing? You know, what are some things that they – techniques that maybe work better? Oh, Mag draft. Yeah, throwing mag drafts out there in the grass.
4: <laughs> Just bombing uh, them. Yeah, I would I would, you know, uh Hail Mary. Senko, weightless, uh
1: right,
4: jerk bait. <laughs> what? You don't think they eat that thing there? Oh Wait, kill me. Come on. Pe- who's pe- going who's going there? Who's you're going there? Who's going there? I'm go I'm going up Anyone? with Ike
1: and we're gonna practice and then I'm gonna fish it as a co and
4: uh I would be throwing uh would I'd, I'd be throwing a jerk well it depends on what he's doing. If he's dragging so I guess so if they one I, in the I, river, the cool thing about being a co and they're dragging in the river, you're gonna get your bait to them before they are.
1: Okay. All right. Let's talk let's about talk that. Let's talk about that. All right, talk to me. So, so
4: if he's if he's if he's dragging, yeah, this troll motor's up current, right? Yep. If you're coming down current, you're in the back of the boat, so keep your bait. Don't have as much as, of angle in your dangle.
2: Less <laughs> nice angle in the dangle. Good to know. Go with a heavier weight. That's what I took from that.
4: Yeah, go yeah heavier weight. You're probably gonna, you're going to be fishing. I mean, it's August on the St. Lawrence. You're going to be deep. I I'd still go shallow, but that's just me because I'm I do. I'm
1: well, bored. day one, I I draw somebody that goes shallow. So so how am I going out there? Uh
4: you're going to be. I'd be throwing a jerk bait. I'd be throwing a spy bait. I'd be throwing uh, jerk bait and. Bait, and I'd have a drop <laughs> shot rudder, and I'd be watching my boater to see if he pulls one up, and I'd just like casually kind of flip my drop shot over there and be like, oh, "I think that's not <laughs> that one over there, but he's actually over here." That's what I'd be doing, and I'd be looking under the boat a lot. You know, smallmouth—they love to come to the boat. They suck under the boat. I don't care if you're in eight feet of water or you know, thirty feet of water. Yeah, they get—they like the boat. Some days mm-hmm. they don't like the boat, so. It means that means nothing but they do like the boat. they like they like the shade of the boat but sometimes they don't like the shade of the boat i don't you know it was yeah. weird that they didn't like the shade of the boat deep on the st lawrence a few weeks ago but they typically do so
5: yeah
4: and don't forget to throw the, the tube yeah on the st lawrence the tube is still the number one bait for smallmouth anywhere what I
0: mean, what yeah. come
4: yeah. on I, i've Everybody won says- i've won more more money on this color tube in this weight, quarter ounce provider, tube bad from Ferguson or Ferguson and this green pumpkin, purple gold, it's, it's, it's juice. It's like, it's the money.
0: Nobody throws that anymore, Scott. It's all Ned Rig and drop shot. The tube is history, man.
4: The tube's always on, always gets in my rotation. I always catch fish on it, always weighing fish on it and tie kind of together like we've caught some giant fish on the tube especially in the fall and year round, they still bite the tube. I don't care what anyone says. The do you have
2: is... to have current for the tube or can you, will you throw that on a lake situation where there's not current?
4: No, you could definitely throw it on a lake. They still eat it and people don't throw it anymore. So it makes it even better. Yes. You know, so the tube is phenomenal. The net is you... Just great. You can, you know, the nut is great. You can do everything you can do with the nut, with the tube. You know, I don't like when I throw a net. I throw a net for two reasons. I like, it falls, I'll throw a, a heavier head, like, that's like a 3 I want, because it, it gets down fast, right? People, boom, gets down there. And I'll let it do its thing down there. The other reason why you throw a net is because you, you want to do what the net does. You want it on a light head and you want to, what you think goes on down there is like, well, I'm this image of your head, it goes down and, and it floats up and it does this. Well, I, I think it does that, but that's when, you know, you throw it light the net when the net really works finesse is when it's down there and it's super light and it's dancing and but i like to throw a, a NED with a little heavier bait because if i'm active target my fit i could it's either a drop shot in that situation it's a drop shot or a net and i want my net to get down there quick so boom shaboom down boom shaboom you are you shot. dragging
0: the tube or are you casting it? Are you doing I, the I, old I don't, I don't, drag? I don't,
4: yeah, I don't. I don't drag. I'm I'm a caster, and I okay. want my tube on on clean bottom. I don't want it getting bogged down in sand, grass, or anything like that because I'm super particular. I get so frustrated if I get any blade of anything on my bait because you will not get a bite. You will well, not get a so, bite.
0: So you're you're casting to like spots with the tube. You're you're not sweeping it or dragging it.
4: Oh, um, sometimes I'll crack it, you know. Okay. For the most part, I'm I'm casting, but I'm casting and I want it, I want it around clean areas. I don't want to get it bogged down in any vegetation. That's me.
0: What about the big argument on the tube is the strike to catch ratio? You will you will lose fish on a tube versus a ned rig.
4: Huh. My son will tell you that you lose every fish on a Ned Rig versus the tube. <laughs> He's like, oh but Ned Rig, you don't you can't land him on that. I don't I don't have a problem with either one. I don't I don't use I use Art, Art Ferguson. He's a buddy of mine, he makes provider tackle. He has a Ned hook. I don't think it's on Tackle Warehouse yet, but he sells it on his website. And it's a it's an owner hook and it's got like that little kind of kale kind of comes down, you know, on the tip. Mm-hmm. And it's stout, it's stiff. You know, I broke the the old Ned, you know, that thin wire one. I've busted that a lot. The same thing on my tube, it's the same hook. It's a stout hook, it's a smaller hook, it's like a two-odd and a three odd, and I don't have any problem losing fish. The only problem when you lose fish with smallmouth is they clamp down on it and you never get a hook into them. They just open their mouth, and that's how you lose fish. You don't never have those, they're never hooked. It's yep. the same thing, I, even on a drop shot. You're like, Why did I lose them? You never had them hooked. He clamped down on it, you moved them 30, 40 feet. And he like decides to jump. And you're like, man, eh? you
0: know, just Love like, that,
4: well,
0: love that. Not, that's, yeah. that. That's my favorite part of smallmouth fishing.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. the
4: not hooking part. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're notorious. They're notorious for that, especially the yep. big ones. They just, they're, I think their jaws is so strong. strong yeah, you know? yeah. So was- what we say sometimes when they're doing, it, we're like, I'm just gonna let him eat it right down to his crunchers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That- you know. Then you get them hooked way in the back, because it's going to come so far and it's going to catch something, you know.
0: Scott, you speak the truth. I love it. I love. It. All no right, so BS. hold on. I got day two now. Right at it,
1: Pete. Yes. Day two, I got. I got paired up. Somebody's going out deep. He's going. Well, he, he's out in thirty to forty. Uh,
4: thirty to forty feet. Yeah. Uh uh, drop, drop them, drop on them.
1: Uh, how about if he's, Best uh, he can. how about if he's drifting?
4: Same thing, put your bait in front of them. Cause you know, if he's drift casting out there, he's dry and just, you know, look around, like, look, I mean, you're not fishing against your co you're fishing against the other co so it's not about, Oh my God, I got to like cast in front of my, my, my pro and I got to catch his fish. It's about, no, you're there as a gift. You're UBS, you, yes, you pay, but you got plenty of water to fish, so look for something else. Like maybe if he's dragging over here, maybe get your drag, you know, five feet further up on the break or 10 feet in, the, in a different zone or look for something different or be that guy that bombs as far as he can and tries to catch to another time zone and catch him that way. Um, but watch this program, pick up on this program, try not to get in his way. And if you do that and you make your, your boater comfortable, it's going to make your day that much more comfortable because he's going to loosen up a little bit. He's going to catch his fish and he's going to open up and let you catch your fish. There's nothing worse than having the aggressive co-angler that's casting over yourself. And then, you know, I had it in a, uh, Toyota years ago or Costa at a super aggressive co-angler. And I'm like, I'm leaving this area. So I ran out of the lake. And I ran back into the river and I got him stuff that I didn't have to worry about him. So, <laughs>
1: took him up a creek
4: you know what i mean yeah. yeah yeah i took him i took i took him up in uh the you know i, I went back to the river and i got on stuff that i could fish because he was too too aggressive it was he was me- messing up my day you know he's like bombing you know a three quarter ounce tube over my head and i you know like he can do that you know it's his right and wasn't anything wrong with it it's just how we how we fish well now how i'm going to fish is I'm going to go and i'm going to catch my fish and i'm going to have to go back to a river and i'm going to get on the spot and i'm going to sit way back you're not going to be able to cast to it i am and then that's how the day went so it was actually a disadvantage for him to be that aggressive because it didn't help him out and that's typically how it goes for most people that have an aggressive coin so don't be that aggressive guy that impedes on your angler be that guy that helps your angler hey i'm here to help you i'm here to work with you i'll tell him jokes and net his fish the whole yeah. deal that's right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> fill the fill the cooler full of founders. You're That's, the man.
4: Yeah. After <laughs> fill the cooler after with founders. Uh, yeah, <laughs> after every fish, you mean.
1: Salute. <laughs> so, uh,
0: I love it. I love it. Uh, Riz, we got some ims for Scott.
2: Yeah, we do. Mister um, Higgs, here's going to be the uh, the next question we're going to go to. He's going to win himself a Gills Gear gift card, twenty five dollars. Um, And the question is, do you find, Scott, that the bigger smallmouth tend to be sitting on the bottom or suspended?
4: I, you know, that's, for me, it's, I don't, I don't ever see them suspending way up in the water column. Sometimes, like, a little bit later in the fall when they get on bait, they'll be a little bit more roamy and and they'll come up. And if the bait's higher in the water column, but they're always, I always see them within three feet off the bottom. That's me. That's how I see them. When I see them on my active target, and when I see them duly, I don't often see fish suspending. Very, very rare on the Great Lakes.
0: Interesting. And then I guess well, you don't see them there, so you know you don't ever try to fish for them because they're they're on the bottom, the bottom-oriented right. fish.
4: Yeah. So you know, smallmouth they, they want to be close to the bottom. They're relatively close to the bottom, within two or three feet. And there's days they always look down and you're not going to catch them on your rip baits and your spy baits and your spinner baits. And there's days that they, all they want to do is look up, you know, and some days they want to look up really high. So some days you don't want to get your bait down too far. Sometimes it's like a DT 10 or a little, little Norman, you're burning it and they'll come up, it goes down seven, eight, nine, ten 10 feet. And they want to come up high in charge of bait. Champlain, you know, 15, 16 feet of water in those deep grass lines. They'll come up and bomb a spook, like nobody's business. Like, like, what are these fish doing? they are psychotic, you know, and yeah. that like, you know, it's just a lot of fun.
1: Scott, we'll, we'll next top question. water play next week at, on the St. Lawrence.
4: I have never caught a fish on the top water on the St. Lawrence All right. nor have I ever thrown a top water band on the St. Lawrence. So if it's cloudy and rainy and you're in 10 feet of water or less, yeah, you could definitely always catch them on the top water.
2: Huh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right. I got the, I got the million dollar question here uh from Rick. It's actually a if 25... I get it
4: right, do I get it? Do we get a million or only he well <laughs> he's gonna
2: get a twenty five dollar TH Marine gift card, but it is a million dollar question if you ask me. Uh Rick wants to know what is the best way to keep a smallmouth hooked up when they go for the jumps?
4: Uh reef them down as hard as you can and bury that route rod tip as far down on the water as you can and crank like the Dickens bury them i mean bury that rod tip down and get down and ram them down and reel as hard as you can and you know like jerk baits and and like when i'm throwing power fishing spinner baits, i I like to get away with the highest pound test i can where i can still get action on the bait so on my on my rip baits i'm throwing 14 pound sun line um i'll go down to 12 if i'm getting into the the deeper divers but it's 12 14 always 14
0: wow just
4: like mm-hmm. ain't Jerry. Yeah, for I mean, what? How about I got them on a rip. I want, I don't want to lose them. I want to. I want to crank on them. I want to get them where I can manage them. Then I'll let them do their thing. If they want to bulldog and dive, I'll play around with them there a little bit. But
5: mm-hmm.
4: if it's me netting them by myself, I got to do that. If it's me and a, and I got a, a partner situation. I'm, I'm reefing them. I want them hit. I don't want them jumping. I want to reef them in as fast as I can. Stout hooks, big line, get them in. Now, if you're by yourself. A different game if you're landing fish with your hand totally different game so it all changes that changes everything how about Ridge, it sounds like you reefing them in how,
1: how, how about when you're drop shotting
4: uh from how do i not lose them yeah oh well i still you lose them on a drop shot it's, it's it baffles me but you do uh i use braid to floral um I don't. I don't set the hook. It's a big common mistake with a lot of smallmouth anglers. I feel the bite. I hesitate for a second, and I lean and reel, just like I would be like setting the hook, punching on a on a mat. I don't. I don't drop the rod. I don't raise. I just reel into them and uh, and and set the hook. So not setting the hook. I just would say I'm just reeling into them. I'm not exactly. Trying to set the hook because you don't want to drop that rod tip, have that weight fall, and that the hook falls out of his mouth, and that fish is gone.
0: A Jacob Wheeler, um, I watched him fish at the the last um, you know MLF, and with a drop shot, I never seen anybody crank on him and hit him as hard as he does on a drop shot. Uh, that's just the most amazing thing, Scott. Like it seems like he's using fifteen pound test
4: and we're all he might be and and they're spawning so you can get away with that so he might have been using straight braid i don't know i didn't I, I didn't watch a lot of that but i i watched a little bit but when they're spawning and they're dumb and they're spawning yeah i'm gonna right there i'm gonna do the same thing i'm gonna use the highest pound test i can and I'm, i don't want to worry about breaking line and uh get away with what you can so if i'm on a big school or active, i'm gonna go 10 12 like my team partner, Kyle Green, phenomenal smallmouth fisherman, incredible. We both learn a ton from one another. He's the tube master. I'm the jerkbait master. It's a good combination. But he fishes like 14 pounds. He was like, oh, 14 today. He's like, oh, I have to finesse him, 12 pounds. So he's putting like 12-pound fluoroliter on a spinning rod, wow. and, and he's still catching them. So he's like, yeah. dude, it's, it's fluorocarbon, right? It's They can't it they can see it in the water. I'm like, oh, it's the action, and your bait's not doing it. I want to get them in the boat, Dabber. Let's let's not worry about eight pound tests. So, and you know, I break off fish here and there, but it happens. But what's you don't your, break uh, off on the twelve.
0: What's your cadence on the jerk bait?
4: Fast as I can. Do you, no pause, just rip, rip, oh rip, yeah, rip, pause, yeah, right, yeah. No, I'm yeah, I'm I'm pausing, and that's that's what changes. So, it, the water temperature dictates how long I pause it. You know, obviously if it's 45 degrees, it's early spring or late fall. I'll slow down in early spring, I'll slow down, ripping it super hard, but I'm still ripping it hard, but I pause it longer. They'll they'll chase it, but when you pause it long, it's a delete it. So 45, 50 degrees, I might pause it five to ten seconds. It might be four seconds, but uh in the post-spawn through summer, half a second, one second, like not just enough to get them to eat it you know if they're if I feel like they're falling or if I see them falling it ch- they're chasing the chases but they're not eating it. I'll pause it then I'll crack it super hard and then they oh they eat it got gotcha. super, super hard super, I mean it's hard as they kind of like my farm my farms blow out you know like I went yeah. from St. or Champlain from throwing a spook to the St. Lawrence throwing a jerk but I was I was dead I was uh, like super like a week <laughs> yeah yeah, what's your I, what, I, I, what's
0: I, I, your I, rod? Are you a uh, like a six ten six six rod for your jerk baits? Longer rod? What are
4: you using? If I'm casting and uh, a little bit more specific stuff, or I'm casting to certain things, it's a six eight. Uh, if I'm bombing flats, it's a seven footer, and so I can get a little bit more distance, and I might be jerking to the side, you know, with mm. a seven foot rod. The six eight, yeah. I can get more down vertical or kind of more down, you know, towards, towards the deck of the boat. Um, and it's a, it's a, it's a crankbait rod, you know, it's, it's, a, it's got parabolic, you know, uh, medium uh, for like the one hundreds and a little bit stiffer for the deeper divers. Gotcha. Well,
0: I do the same thing. I I, I use the seven footer cause it, it helps when you're trying to catch up, you can sweep that line you know, especially yeah. when you're dealing with smallmouth. But have, we have uh, we had Gussie on and he's uh, you know, showed us the hair jig. The, you know. I can't catch
4: any fishing thing. You haven't? Yeah, Come I may I catch it? a couple. You know, here and there. But I don't yeah. like I'm like, I'm going to wind this hair jig in like Ron Nelson's like, oh, I'm catching him on the hair jig. I'm like, so I throw it out. I'm like, oh, one chases up my jerk bait. And I'm like, throw a drop shot. You might eat it, might not. 50-50. It's like, oh, they always eat perjury. So I throw a perjury on these, these dang fish and none of them eat it. Wow. Like I had like one little two-pound ratty and I'm like, oh, where'd he come from? That wasn't the fish I was trying to catch. You know, he came out of nowhere. And, But I I don't have, I've not, and I've, I've caught fish on it. I don't have the success on it like a lot of guys do. I'd rather throw a drop shot. I'd throw like a Berkeley golf. I like throwing Berkeley golf on fish. I like throwing max I like throwing the Z2 stuff. I like stuff that floats. I like I like a lot of scent. I like gulp. I like max scent. Um, it just depends, you know, on on what they're yep. eating. So I like throwing the I like throwing the the TRD Ned bait on a drop shot a lot. It's it floats. It's small. It's compact. They eat it. You can catch a great fish on it. And I throw like the. The streakies, uh, and I throw the the Z2, the baby Zs, and the big Zs. I like all that floating stuff because you catch a lot of fish on it, and it floats, and floats important on drop shot, and it's great stuff. It lasts forever, and apparently it doesn't matter on scent because you can catch them scentless with floating baits. But if it if it's if you want <laughs> uh, that, uh, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't. So does. Is that important? I, I guess it is because it works. Yeah. But, you know, the Z products, the elastic stuff, uh, whether it's the Strike King or the TRD stuff, it works amazingly well, too. Gotcha. I put a little garlic in mine on my elastic stuff it, so it doesn't stick together in the bag, not for a set, you know? So you open up my soft plastic stuff, it smells like Olive Garden, you know?
1: Hmm. Like, Oof. You, you put the garlic in there to keep Travis Manson away? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah, it's understandable. I've been known, you know, he sleeps upside down. You know, yeah, he hangs upside down in the closet in his hotel room.
4: <laughs> oh, jeez, man. Yeah, he's a good guy. But I was on his show. He has a good show. Yeah, well, still but sleeps upside down, dean. Scott. He's not the demon. No.
0: Hey, Travis is awesome. Just yes, uh, we, keep we, the
1: garlic we... around you, folks. Great guy. <laughs> keep garlic around you. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Two weeks for uh... a longer life. <laughs> Protect your neck.
0: Do we, do we have to go into Canada to win this tournament? Uh, when we're up there at the Open at Thousand Islands, Scott?
4: Sure, why it's, not?
0: We're allowed to go now. I mean, yeah. uh, Do we need
4: to go over? Yeah, there? I mean, I like fishing in Canada. I like fishing in America. I mean, obviously the <laughs> tournament got won on U.S. waters only when we were there because that's how we could go. But you know, the Canada guys are fishing over there. They had the Thousand Islands open, and and you know, there's there's a lot more flats on the Canadian side on the St. Lawrence river. And it just seems like there's more flats over there and there's better deep water. I don't know. I always catch bigger fish in Canada, but they're obviously in the U S water too. Bass don't know borders. Right. Yeah.
1: Or do they? True.
4: A lot True less that. pressure over there. Yep. Yeah. Bass, bass without borders. And they get a lot of pressure over there. Yeah. They got not half as, the maybe season. not as much as you do inside. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, they closed half the season, half the year.
4: Yeah, half the year, but they opened up a catch and release on St. Clair for smallmouth. Uh, we haven't been able to utilize it yet. It started this year, but they have a catch and release on the Canadian side now, nice. supposedly, from what I what I heard. So yeah, yeah. that's
1: cool.
0: Well, I'm I'm looking forward to getting over there and fishing. Uh, I haven't been up there for about 20 years. I'm I'm really psyched. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting your feedback, BTC, and how you guys do up there this week. I'm going to be hanging out at Cape Vincent. Um, hey, you know what we're going to do? I want to ask you this, Scott. I'm, I'm going up with my aqua view. I'm taking uh, my boy and his, and his best buddy. We're going to go out and look around. And um, Have you done any of that on St. Clair or you, any of the great lakes? I, you know,
4: I have, yeah. I've I, I dropped cameras a lot, and I looked at a lot of fish, and I just I got away from doing it. It just consumes too much time, and I, I don't do it as a rule. I do have the products to do it, but I just don't take it out. I don't I don't do it. Because like I said, I don't do a lot of fishing in that depth. I'm You're my visual. cameras, yeah, I'm looking, I want to look at them. And that doesn't always work out. So there's times when in on St. Clair and when August comes around, I I don't do well as a rule, but I know I, I gotta go deep and I go deep and I spend my time deep. But um uh, you always know, go in the river and catch them shallow. So you can go to the Detroit River and go to Sioux. St. Clair River, the St. Lawrence River, and you can catch them relatively shallow. But there are times, obviously, where they're not shallow. But they're always shallow. They might not be feeding shallow. Or the big ones might not be shallow, but there's always fish shallow. I think you can survive any tournament on the St. Lawrence River shallow.
5: Right.
0: I love so, yeah. I love shallow fishing. It's power fishing for me. I love it. I haven't fished Thousand Islands. I, last time I fished it, they didn't have gobies in it. So... Uh, oh, right. like
1: they hadn't invented gobies yet? no
0: no no i had not put him in his
1: ark and brought him over here when pete was fishing that event
0: yeah the the written word had just started to collect momentum so and then and then and then the gobies came so i haven't been there for a long time (laughs) yeah but pg (laughs)
4: pre-goby
1: <laughs> pre Goby Pete. Pre Goby Pete. Post frontal
2: pre Goby uh, Pete. <laughs> Post frontal oh, <man>. pre Goby <laughs> Pete. Pre
1: Goby <laughs> Pete. <laughs> uh, Pete.
4: Yes. Oh, pre Goby. That's it's crazy. Uh, speaking of call- something I was- pre, I want I want my I want that pre Rapala wart. Oh, no, speaking don't. of pre Pete. Ah. Uh, oh Pete, you hold hey, one on What you do, Pete? He, actually, I, he well, bought it. He bought it, sir. He did actually, he, we gifted it to each other. Yeah. I gifted it to him and he re-gifted me a bottle of crown. Oh. <laughs> right.
0: This, this was uh this is great, great story. Like, um, I was, we were on Champlain. It was, uh, one of the FLW events and, and I was doing really good. Scott and I were rooming together. And, uh, I was, I was catching them on wiggle work. I was cranking them and Scott gave me, uh, um, you know, went in his wiggle work collection and hooked me up with uh, a, a great bait that I went out and caught a six fifteen in the event on uh, Lake Champlain, and uh, that was amazing, man. I I always appreciated you, uh, you know, sharing that with me. I, that that was lo- that was the big fish for the tournament. It oh, saved dude. saved that day for me because I mean, I caught I caught all my fish with that bait and uh yeah that, that was huge started me on a love affair with the whip award which continues to this day
4: mm-hmm. yeah and uh that same bait not that bait but i don't I have one more of that bait and in, in that color and pre-rapala and i caught my tb on burt lake it was a seven six cranking mm-hmm. smallmouth. like I was like wow so it, yeah it's great killer yeah great bait yeah great bait and, phenomenal for largemouth small mouth spots it's, yeah yeah incredible
0: it was it was awesome and uh you know i i'm i'm using the the rapala wiggle warts right the storm yeah it works
4: here. yeah that's fine I'm, I'm
0: crushing them on it uh and i've even my producer is like the the only way he knows how to fish now i showed him how to bang a wiggle wart off the riprap and uh uh-huh. it, it's pretty awesome So he's catching them now he's caught his pb on it too at this point and oh, uh, wow. here's something else coming out. I don't even know if I'm supposed to say, it, but I'm saying it.
5: Say it, they, say it. They've,
0: got, they've got a, a deep diving uh, version uh, super oh. that yeah that's come that uh, I don't know if it's out. They may have announced it ICAST, but I don't know. I wasn't there this year for the like first 14, time in a million like years.
4: 14 footer like that nine yeah. to 14.
0: Yeah, it, it's gonna it's gonna go well. You know the wiggle water go down eight maybe 10. It's gonna be
4: mm-hmm.
0: I would. I would guess two to four feet deeper than that. Yeah. yeah so, cool.
4: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah we got to get, we got to get that, uh, those clear translucent colors like that. I don't even know what they're called, like phantom green, phantom brown. Like I, yeah. I love those colors. That's, you know, for clear water stuff, you know, um, that's, that's my jam.
5: Yep. Yeah.
0: I remember that day too. It blew, uh, like 80 miles an hour out of the South that day when, uh, when I was cranking that wort and crushing them. When does
4: it not blow that hard on Saint Clair or Lake Champlain for that matter? Right? Yeah, I, it always blows there.
0: It was it was uh, it was crazy, man. I'd never. It, it's so hard jamming like you know, th- literally thirty mile an hour straight blow with gusts. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was pretty cool. Pretty cool catching them cranking. Love that right? stuff. So you're gonna go win this tournament on Lake Saint Clair. You're gonna win the MLF. We're all gonna be rooting for you uh i'm I'm super excited to watch this thing
4: yeah i am too and uh i'll be super excited to compete in that format i mean obviously those guys are hammers and they catch fish everywhere i'm gonna do my best it's not gonna be for a lack of effort and all i want is to have a competition to have a shot to fish Mm -hmm. for the win and that's all you can ask for you know you want to go through the cuts you know advance advance and get a shot at the championship round you got 10 people on Lake St Clair, St Clair River, and Detroit River, and part of Lake Erie. I mean, what an opportunity! And it's going to be middle of the week, like on a Wednesday. Like, huh, it's going to be stupid. Awesome. Is there, is anybody going to do good
0: going to Lake Erie in this tournament?
4: Yeah, you could. That tournament can be won anywhere. Could be won on the Michigan waters of Lake Erie, the Michigan waters of the Detroit River. Could be won on Lake St Clair. Could be won in the St Clair River. It could be won anywhere awesome anywhere. That's what, that's what's scary. So, yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. 100%. You're going to be in St. Clair though, aren't you? I'm going to be wherever I can catch the most amount of fish when that could be <laughs> anywhere on that system. And I'm going to try to get a little sampling of some high percentage areas where I think they'll, uh, so you're right, going to, right? they're going to be wherever the bait's going to be. And where the bait's going to be is where the, the numbers are going to be. That's what I want to look for. Well, uh,
0: I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you hanging out with us, taking some time. We went long.
2: And, we did uh, go
4: long, but that's good. That must have been people might have been watching maybe. Nice man, think.
2: everybody's Dude, outstanding, outstanding content. Yeah, Scott. yeah. yeah.
4: Hey. You're so
0: you're you're so simplistic and matter of fact about the way you do it. I love that uh, about about your style and your strategy. So it's uh it's awesome to hear. I think people appreciate it. And yeah. um, for, Scott, and, for and, future I, and I shows, best luck.
1: I'm, I'm sorry, Pete. We keep stepping go ahead. on
0: that. What do you got, BTC? Well, I just
1: want to let Scott know, uh, just a little pro tip for future shows. Pete keeps a uh a milk jug with the co- top cut off under the desk <laughs> there for long, you know, so you don't have to get up and hit the bathroom.
4: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, man, I gotta go to the bathroom. I'm like, holy moly. I'm yeah. Like sitting here. I told my girlfriend, I, I go, if you're like, come on up. I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna be done. We'll go eat. And yeah. I'm like, oh. Then I'm like, like, so I texted you, I'm like, I gotta go to the bathroom. I'm like <laughs> My bladder's not as good as it once was. You, know, like. <laughs> like you but said, you man, just keep the milk
1: jug there and just let it
4: let it roll. Yeah. Hey. Another thing I can't do at 48 is I, I can't I can I have to put readers on. Either put readers on or I have to drop my sunglasses out and tie a knot. Yeah, I'm yeah. Like,
1: yeah. I was going like, to oh, call you think. out on that 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 braid uh, braid split ring thing. I I know what it's about. You can't see no more.
4: <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm not right. tying them. <laughs> yeah, I'll look at it. So yeah.
1: Yeah, I can't. I can't yeah, it
4: was, uh, it was great being on. I appreciate it. It's an honor to come on the show. You guys put out a great format. And Pete, it's always good to catch up with you. I know we we talk times a year like we always do, but uh, this is a lot of fun.
0: Hey, man, it was great having you. Really, really great guest. For sure. Really Amazing yeah. information, honestly, eye opening to a lot of guys, I'm sure. We're going to let you go, Pete.
4: <laughs> yeah, hey, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, catch, uh, yeah, catch that uh, Bass Pro Tour event on, on St. Clair and uh it should be great you can catch it on majorleaguefishing.com or mlf now and uh everyone out there watching uh you know trickstop has been a big supporter of mine for like the last three years they put out a great product uh the trailer uh assists off the wench post the ladder boarding ladder get on your boat and they have a new product called the trick mount which is a dual mount graph for the front of your boat solid product great people great company and you know, I, I'm running the Phoenix this year, running the Mercury the other sponsors out there, Sunline, Daiwa, Sims, all great supporters of mine. And I appreciate it, man. We I'm picking up founders. You.
1: <laughs> yes. You got to pick up founders, bud. <laughs> yeah. We, we got right, somebody boy. that uh,
2: might be able to help you with that.
1: Thanks,
4: bro. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Have hey, a well, great day. Take night care, Scott. guys. Appreciate thanks, it. Thank thanks you. again, buddy. Good luck. All right, we'll, bye-bye.
0: We'll see you. All right. See you. Great bye. Scott thanks. Dobson. Uh... That was awesome. Smallmouth master, you know, amazing, Am- amazing, amazing information. I think it's eye opening for a lot of people. Uh, that how aggressive, like so many people think about smallmouth begging for bites, four pound test, just you know, hoping and poking, maybe you'll get a bite, you know. And uh, Scott just comes out with guns blazing, yep, crushing them, banging them up in the shallow water. Love that style.
2: I'm, I'm noticing something, Pete, about. These smallmouth specialist type guys, um, you know, Scott talked about tonight, where you know, if he has the ability to beef up his tackle and just absolutely manhandle those fish, he does it. And you know what? I've mm-hmm. noticed that over the last couple of years, watching the Johnston brothers fish on the elites, when yep. when Corey Johnston sets the hook on a smallmouth up there on the St. Lawrence River. He plays that thing for less than a minute with a big 7'6 rod, cranks it in, winds it in, gets it to the side of the boat. It's still hot. He gets his hands on it, and he gets it in his in his lap so quickly. And yep. the way Scott was describing how he handles a lot of these fish and his aggressive hook sets and, you know, upsizing his hooks in certain situations to where he just doesn't allow those fish to play him Um I'm 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 seeing that more, and uh you know, like you said, so many people think of smallmouth, ultra finesse, light line, you know, super super light rods, and all that. It might not be the case, man. If you if if you're around biting fish, it seems like you can beef things up and still get the bites and get them in the boat a lot more effectively. So, I'm, well, uh, I saw Jacob Wheeler do the same. Work.
0: Yeah, I saw Jacob Wheeler do the same thing. And it was so obvious on the MLF as, as he bullied these fish to the boat. And I, I, I like that style too. I mean, I, I, you know, I'd rather, and and we talked about this on my Cayuga tournament, like I was using pretty heavy line because I can get them in and uh, you know, get them through the habitat and I'll forego the bites that I might miss because of line sensitivity, because when I get a bite, dude, I have 90% going to get them into the boat or better. So it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool to see him fish that way. And I noticed, noticed it with a lot of guys like the Johnson pros, just like you said, uh, so many, so many interesting things, you know, like talking about the spy bait and he's a jerk bait, like phenom, like, uh, not only using it to catch the fish, but identify them and bring them to the boat where he can now get them with a tube, a drop shot or a Ned, um, Just getting them to show themselves. Um,
1: Yep, amazing stuff. Yep, yep. Yeah, that was that was, that was that was a key. to, You know, always just be be ready for that that chase bait with a with a spy bait jerk bait. So I agree. Yep,
0: and you got you got to be ready for that too, BTC. When I'm telling you right now, when a fish comes to the boat, there is more with it, and they most often will get under the boat when that happens yeah Uh, you just you just need to be prepared for that uh in in your derby and a lot of a lot of great tips for the co stuff too man i i appreciated his honesty and straightforward you know the way the way he handled that stuff
2: you Mm -hmm. know
0: it's uh it's pretty cool it's gonna be gonna be a fun tournament for you guys i know we got a trivia question do we want to do are you guys prepared to ask our trivia question right now
2: Sure are. Sure are. Let's uh let's go. think of one. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> no, we we yeah, let's think of one. Let's make one up. No, we, we we got one. Um and guys, so this trivia question here that we're gonna do now is um is for the grand prize. Um that's gonna be a hundred dollars worth of tackle from the awesome sponsors that support the show. Um, but guys remember over there on Facebook, there's also a Facebook like and share going on and you're going to be able to win a prize in that too so if you haven't liked and shared tonight's feed now's a great time to do it go ahead and like and share uh get yourself entered for a chance to win um but tonight's grand prize trivia question is going to be a question from the show um and that question is what is the name of the discontinued hook that Scott prefers to use. That's a treble hook. What is the name that
1: Scott of, should have never mentioned on the show? the tonight? discontinued <laughs> hook
2: <laughs> that Scott uses. Um, we need to get that specific answer. Uh it's a specific question. We need a specific answer. What's the discontinued hook that Scott likes? Um, guys on the message board, have at it. That's gonna be our grand prize trivia question.
1: One million dollars. Yeah. A million
0: dollars question one thing I loved about his fishing is he uses a snap for the same reason I do just to be able to change and be efficient and all that other stuff. One thing I hated about his fishing is the round bend travel. Um, yeah. you know, it just, I'm so brainwashed on, on that inward facing travel hook and its ability to catch and hold the fish. Um, but you know, he doesn't, yeah. He has a different uh whole system man he gets a bite he cracks them, he he sets
2: them like uh you know like you're flipping a jig
1: like it's Shaquille being, taking it to the hole <laughs>
2: just like, like, like Gluzak that with the two-hand jam down the middle
1: Eric <laughs> <laughs> <Air> glue <Glucic. laughs>
2: is is that is
0: that pre-goby <laughs> yeah. that's definitely pre-goby pre kobe r.i.p <laughs> That's too funny. Rigobi. To uh, well, I and, and it's weird, like uh like the techniques that he uses where he just straight reels, like when he's punching. What was the other one he's straight reeling on? Guys remember that? That's another trivia question. Was it the tube or the, I guess it was the drop shot? You know, where he just he just straight, he just straight reels without any hooks. Oh, yeah, but, without a
1: hook set, yeah, drop shot. Yep.
0: But the but the but the jerk bait and the spy bait, he's cracking them. It's like totally it's like opposite day.
1: Yeah, it's two well, like I said before, in twenty twelve the large hadron collider hit max capacity. We <laughs> discovered the Bose uh <laughs> po- particle and the God particle. Everything's upside <laughs> down. So here we are.
2: Ooh, we have a winner on the message board. Man, you guys are quick. We I'm impressed. You guys are quick. Chuck Fish, congratulations Chuck Fish. Uh that answer is the Gamagatsu Gamagatsu Superline EWG Bronze. The Bronze was the tough part of that question that we were CWG? looking for. EWG. Yep, Gamagatsu Superline EWG Bronze <laughs> is the correct answer.
1: Look Pete's writing it down cuz he wants to get them.
0: That's right. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna i, I want to get that uh discontinued deep diving uh jerk bait that he you know won thousand islands on that's the one i want
5: yeah.
0: you know and I, I was really intrigued by what he talked about fishing in the clouds and um and want to give a shout out to e Suarez, uh, who i fished with on uh on Saturday. so he's, he's now a subscriber to bash university TV welcome to the mm. welcome to the party. And it was great fishing with you. Re- really good time. And uh, enjoyed catching all those fish. Appreciate you bringing the live bait. It really made my day. I haven't fished that way for so long. Uh, it, w- it was just so much fun. What a great event.
1: Oh, oh, oh and the, we're... Uh, yeah. Okay. I got you with the live bait out there and DOD.
0: Dude, there's there, there was no better technique than drop shotting uh, earthworms.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe that? <laughs>
0: It's uh I'm I'm reaching out to BASS to see what the how that affects how that fits into the rules. You know, I mean if we if gulp can be used, if uh max sen can be used, why can't I use Earthworm?
1: Right. Rules are for followers, folks.
0: (laughs) Um drop shot of Gobi, that might work too.
1: Um probably (laughs) work pretty well.
0: Yeah, (laughs) we're we're gonna. We're going to see how it all plays out. Yeah, man. But BTC, we're going to be rooting for you and Ike this this upcoming week, man. And it's very exciting.
1: Yeah. I, you know, it's all about, you know, how you got a four-day event. You're, you're just trying to manage your fish. You know, you find a school of fish. You want to manage your fish. For me, it's about managing my, my, my health and energy with four days of practicing with Ike. He's, oh, my uh, gosh. He's, yeah. done, he's done it to me before. the The man doesn't eat. You find him this is what you do. You find a McDonald's
2: oh. and you buy about twenty five sausage yeah. muffins on day one. Yeah, I don't, and you just leave them in the center console and you just work away at them when you need to. Get a couple gallons of
1: water yeah. And straight. Yeah, I'm can too a, old, I'm too old child, for that you know kind of mean? behavior, dude. That, that, that'll put me in the hospital. <laughs> a little <laughs> bit of spit, dude. good to go. Good. You
0: you need to bring McDonald's. like a pillow. Say them
1: words to me. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: You need to, when, when Mike gets on a long flat around, like, like in the early afternoon, you just lay a pillow up on the floor and just, you know, take a siesta. Yeah. You know? yeah.
1: How long, how long do you think before we're doing 90? <laughs> you know, we don't sit nowhere for a minute. Uh, it's, yeah. it's great he's like all right we're leaving he's got the troll motor out rod down life jacket on boat started he's on pad and i'm still trying to get from the back deck to sit down on my seat <laughs> <laughs> god man hopefully he slowed down i think i'm thinking he might a little bit uh, i don't know i, I was know with him last year practicing for the potomac
2: and now i don't think down. <laughs> there was there was much slow I, I was managing to close one eye and actually get some sleep like going from spot to spot on the potomac going eighty. So yeah. that was that was the day. So that that was after the last summer's BFL. We had an we had an Ike Live the day after the BFL and then we had a bash you the next day and then the next day I woke up and drove to the Potomac with him yeah. the next morning. So it was Whew. a ripper. And we survived on McDonald's. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well it, it, at the uh at the United tournament, the Bash U house I mean, it, it's incredible. Like he was the first one out, just you know, a little bit in front of everybody in the morning, and and in the morning, and, and always, always the last one out. I mean, one yeah. day he yeah. came back so late that you were just like, wow, dude, you must like you you can only fish thirty minutes past sunset. He was he had to have that on his watch and timed it because he was fishing right up to the wire and uh you know it's pitch blackout by the time he comes back
1: right and then you get and, off the water and then you got to go get gas for the boat and you know yep. and all you know half these places there's no food like actual food left so you're eating you know gas station sushi yep. or something <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty bad <laughs> that's and that
0: that's him man it's like it it he did it there he's he's, he's always going to do it and that's his style uh, yeah, I got plenty of
1: snacks in the in the in the boat Dude, the snacks was gone day one <laughs> his pl- <laughs> his week's fucking rations were gone in an hour really yeah, see I, what I
0: noticed about him is like he would he would pack his cooler full of tasty cakes he'd always throw like crimps in there and some other crap and he would never ever go to it his cooler would come back and it's like he never never even touched it all day. You know true. I ate it all. You, you're, you're calling Travis a vampire? No. No. You know?
1: Yeah. Well, Mike's I, the I vampire. Now Mike he's Mike, a... Mike survives off of like angst and, and anger. <laughs> that's that's yeah. what he feeds off of. <laughs> that's what runs the motor for him.
0: Uh, uh and he finds a way to be successful at it. And while well, he's obviously one of the best that's ever done it. So okay, very uh, well. Well.
1: and that's and that's his key.
0: Yeah. It's like uh try to keep up with it. Good luck, BTC. Thanks, man. Um Advil um, bring some, yep. uh, I, I don't, I don't know. Caffeine, you know, I don't know what else I can advise you. Some of that CBD,
1: CBT, uh, you need it all. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> I'm have some of that might need the other three <laughs> letters too. There you go. <laughs> I need all the letters. I <laughs> oh, Send me your letters. Anthony guys. We letters. got a
0: Facebook like and share contest guys. Now's your last chance. You haven't done it yet. Like it and share it. If you haven't subscribed, get over to Bashu TV. Everybody's doing it. It's making you a better angler. Uh, we're bringing you guys like Scott Dobson that are just revol- revolutionary thinkers, uh, changing the way that we really think about fishing. It's all available at Bashu TV. We got Lee Livesey uh coming up with a lot of great releases and a lot of a lot of great new stuff all the time at Bash University. So Get yourself subscribed. Like and share us over on Facebook. And, Riz, I'm going to let you uh, tell me when we have a winner for our like and share contest.
2: Yep, we we have one, Pete. Tonight's winner for the Facebook like and share is Will Thorne. Congratulations, Will Thorne from down there in Virginia. Congratulations, you won. Thanks for supporting the Bash University Live podcast.
5: Mm -hmm.
0: Here's what I got to do, guys. I got to go for the open uh i'm trying to win the open to make the classic that's my goal obviously up here at thousand Islands. but if i don't make the cut i i fish two days of the open and then i travel from clayton to messina where you guys are fishing and i fish the bfl super tournament uh for those two days so that's going to be my uh my week the first week of september
1: are you getting I'm, practice uh, on the on the uh, st lawrence for that
0: Uh, well, I'm going to, I'm not going to practice the Messina area at all. I'm going to practice out of Clayton. I'm going up this week with my family a little bit. We're going to, you know, boat around a little bit. I don't know that we'll do much fishing because my guys don't fish. I'm going to
1: fish the event, Pete.
0: Well, because I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to fish the event. We're coming, we're going to be coming home on Wednesday or Thursday from there but we're going to go check it out we're going to hang out at cape vincent i'll let you guys fish that event
1: see, see what an <laughs> uber cost them <laughs>
0: yeah. it's what Just put them on a taxi six seven
1: <laughs> eight hour uber
0: Yep. well it's about six and a half hours so, Dude, you're, or six you're,
1: you're half. 13th pete i know buddy. I,
0: you know i've been 13th i've been first i've been, hungry, <laughs> I've been you know what the hell's another 13th place finish all right buddy. you
1: know right.
0: We'll we'll let you we'll let you guys roll out. I'm gonna go down to the Potomac maybe and try to make it into the championship on two derbs. But mm-hmm. I am excited about the BFL super tournament. I, I if I get to fish it, I'm super psyched to maybe take a shot at winning the points in the BFLs. A lot of fun. Really enjoyed it. Want to give a shout out to the Steve at the BFLs, uh, who's running those derbs and, and it's been great and um a lot of fun. Hope to make it down to the Potomac and fish with those guys down there make it to the all-american that's the goal uh dave Mansus uh trying to make it worldwide's gonna make it we're all trying to make it to the to the all-american never fish the all-american
1: Oh, right on man yeah
0: yeah so that that's i want to make it to the all-american and to the classic this year that's my goals for this year that's
1: fantastic dude
0: yeah we'll see we'll see if we can do it everywhere i'm throwing is a four pounder right now so i hope that keeps going what is it everywhere i throw is a four pounder right now yeah so you know that's, that's a it's like a gift it's it's a weird space to be in yeah. uh, i've experienced it for short periods of time but never for ter- four tournaments in a row it's been pretty awesome hope to keep it going you know
1: absolutely bud hey you got any tips for me with the uh the uh the waymaster at at the toyota event yeah well
2: actually thing- you were
1: the only guy that i saw that way and that he allowed to talk
0: well, you know that's uh, I I talked to him about that. You, man, Greg, start talking, and they'll put the mic in front of you. BTC, no, I don't want to talk. You always <laughs> you, you got something to say. I Me mean, talk about hummingbird. You got that beautiful hummingbird hat. It is.
2: It
1: talk feels about great how too. you were how
0: how you were using your partner's hummingbird units to catch your fish that day. Yeah,
2: that's right.
0: here here's the best tip, and I shouldn't give this tip out. But when I'm going through the weigh-ins, uh, and they're it's my turn to go up and put my fish on the scale. I wait for them to holler at me to come up. Like, because I want the guy in front of me to be completely off the scale. And I want, I don't want to ever have to let my uh, weigh bag drain. So I, uh, I bring my weighing bag up with hundred percent moisture and put it on the scale.
2: There you go. There you go. That's, that's,
1: that's that's, that's, that's moisture Pete. That's true.
2: <laughs> I learned that. I learned that on the on the one of the first years I was fishing the flats Pete I pulled my started to pull my bag out of the tank early and our good our good buddy Keith Cowan was behind me and he basically grabbed my arm and put my 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 bag back down in the in the tub yep. and he said yep. don't pull that bag out until it's completely sopping wet and you have to pull it out because two weeks earlier I had came in third in a tournament and missed second place by one one hundredths of an ounce oh oh man i was that was was, moisture yes that was the drop in the bag that pete you know to keep your bag in the water for as long as you can
0: so yeah 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 that's uh forget i said that it's the same way you get on
1: an airplane (laughs) what's that it's the same way you get on an airplane that's right. You wait till, you wait till they're like, last call, uh, Pete, Glute? Oh, gets up out of his seat. Yeah. Yeah. when the plane lasts. Yeah.
0: Oh, oh, did you say last call? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I must've missed that. Dude, it's such you know? a gangster
1: move. I got to experience <laughs> it. I lived it. And now I live by it. True story. <laughs> no reason to sit in that stank airplane for 30 minutes. Idling on the tarmac. You know what I mean? Graffin. Graffin yeah. on the tarmac. Ain't no reason. Uh, you walk in everybody's, last, you sit down and the plane takes off.
0: Yeah. Everybody's scrambling for space, scrambling for seats, uncomfortable. They're like, this guy's getting in front of me. Oh my God. That's, Just forget all that nonsense.
1: Nope. Mm-hmm. Last man on. That's right.
0: That's right. I'm la- I'm last man on the scales. And, uh, and I, I wish you best BTC. I don't, um, I mean, hopefully I'll get to talk to you when you guys are up there. I'm going to, I'm going to drop you a line and, uh, yeah. see how you guys are doing. Cool, man. And, um, uh, it's going to be awesome I, I look forward to fish going up north taking my family if they've never seen it i'm so excited for jake to see that crystal clear water shelly too and and um all, all that i haven't been up there for such a long time myself it's going to be awesome yeah it's awesome but, dude. Uh, i
1: look forward to you bringing all your Max Sen up there and and uh meeting you somewhere in the water for that
0: <laughs> is, is, is Maxent available now have you tried
1: Is it still sold out uh probably Yeah. Little bird told
2: me you might be able to get the. Might be something available out there.
0: I got, I got some, I got some, I'm saving it for the first week of September guys. We're going to be off next week because Riz has to go to a wedding.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You dirty. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, we we are going to we're going to miss next week's bashu live. We're all over the planet. Uh everybody's fishing tournaments. No, we're going to um, miss it, it cuz I'm not here,
1: Pete. Give me my damn yep. bill.
0: Yeah. well, there you go. BTC. I want to speak. Yeah. You have you are the only one that has been to every single bashu live.
1: Oh, let me go full camera. <laughs> full camera on who? Pete. <laughs> yeah. I want, I want I want this to be I want this to be right. What, what <laughs> Pete's gonna give a speech right now to me. Hold on, Pete. Okay.
0: Are you ready? Uh. Go ahead. At this, at this, I would like to take this opportunity to thank BTC for being there, for being the rock, for being the creative force behind Bash University Live. Oh my God, I'm gonna cry. The man (laughs) that has that has always been there when. When uh, when I can't or I can't and uh, keeps driving and bringing this amazing content mm. to the universe, uh, BTC. Thank you.
1: Round of applause, everyone. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> YouTube, stand up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks, Pete. So you're.
0: So you're gonna go fish a tournament so we can't have a show. That's right.
1: There <laughs> it is. And Rich has a Tuesday wedding. So yep. again, yeah, none of this is real. Thanks, Corvid. Yep. Yeah. Hi right, man. No, well we uh we're gonna roll out to a commercial block and on the other side of that there might be a little treat, but uh that's all I got, man. We'll be back in two weeks and uh we'll
0: we'll be back with two weeks and more great Bash University content. In the meantime, look for some amazing Bash University content to be released on bash Get over there and get yourself subscribed. Thank you, Riz. Amazing Gills gear with the Bashu logo. Love that shirt you're wearing tonight. And uh we're all in Gills gear tonight. BTC, thank you. Good luck at the tournament this week. Oh, wait a minute. Uh oh. I forgot. We forgot that I, I'm not forgetting this tonight. Stop Ike, the presses. Ike. Congratulations on winning the uh, the the Hobie Kayak event. Your first, your third Hobie Kayak event, and it's your first win. It was amazing win with a last minute catch. So amazing done down on the Upper Chesapeake. Uh, really thrilled for that. I got to talk to him a little bit about how that went down. How he caught that fish with one minute to go, managed to get it measured, photographed before. The the two p.m. cutoff. Um he had really three seconds left score.
1: when the when the pick was received by the judges.
0: Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. That's just incredible. Incredible win. Um on a really, really tough Chesapeake right now. Uh, great job. And congratulations on Jacob Wheeler for dominating again. Oh my gosh. The Jacob just keeps winning and winning and winning. He's one again at the MLF. Uh, dominating the field at Lake Champlain. So it's, it's just tremendous stuff. Uh, congratulations to you guys. And thank you everybody for watching and uh, check us out at PASCHU.TV. That's Riz, BTC, I'm Pete Glusek. We will see you in two
3: weeks right here for Bass University Live. Good night, everybody. Moment on the water not spent fishing is a moment wasted. That's why Minn Kota and Humminbird joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together. The One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count. Tackle Warehouse is proud to sponsor the FLW Pro Circuit and is the official tackle retailer of FLW. Providing proven bass fishing gear as well as the newest and hottest tackle. Our friendly and knowledgeable customer service staff can help you every step of the way. And we offer free ground shipping on orders over $50. Tackle Warehouse. Everything for the bass angler at the lowest prices. Guaranteed. I have to be constantly on the lookout for new techniques to stay on the top of my game. Giant. Some have been more giant. successful oh God, than others. Giant. The finesse fingernail. Happens every time. The chain gang. Oh God. Ah! Broke it off. The crow's nest. Never let go. And don't even get me started on tackle management, especially trying to stop rust and corrosion. Peanut butter. Hmm. I could. Motor oil. Gotta keep the rust off all these baits. WD-40. Gotta keep the rust off. Silica, toothpicks, q-tips, the list goes on and on. I'm hard on tackle, I fish fast, I need my tackle organized and protected. I can't be worrying about losing baits to rust. And when it comes to tackle management, there's only one solution. Flambeau Tackle Storage Systems with Z-Rust Technology. The original anti-rust tackle box. Uncompromised Clarity. Renowned Durability. The infused anti-rust option that is FDA-safe and free of harmful chemicals. The organization options are endless, but there's only one. One box, one anti-corrosion technology, one family-owned American-made brand, Flambeau. Zrust Tackle Solutions. Preserve, perform, repeat.
1: All right, All right guys, it's a long time in the coming. Rich, how many? Times? Yep. Yeah, what?
2: it's uh, been a lot of shows here. This is we're finally doing the BTC and Riz takeover. <laughs>
1: Hostile takeover. Pete's already in bed. Yeah, <laughs> um, but you know what? It's like every damn show, we forget to thank Alex. We forget. But you know what, Alex? You're doing a good job. Alex, you're the man, dude. I ain't met him in person, but he's a hell of a kid. And uh, he's a good dude. He's going to go places. Uh, Thank you, Alex. Again, you're awesome, bro. Alex is on the YouTube feed uh, reading the comments. And just a super fella. Never says anything when we continue to forget him for his contributions. Never give him a shout out. We thank people we don't even know. We forget to thank Alex. So we do it. Got it, Rich? All right. Hang tight. We're going to do this, and then we'll be right back with Rich's big surprise.
2: Find what you are looking for catch more fish. Have more fun. AquaView. Seeing is believing.
0: Why do you love catching fish and rods? I'm
1: truly losing less fish.
5: It is the sensitivity of the rod.
1: That're made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest lightest rod, 100% made here in
2: Sanford, North Carolina. From
3: the drop shot rod to the flipping stick. Every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out during a tournament.
2: Durability in the John Cruise Worman series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod I found that can withstand my hook set. Boom goes the dynamite.
3: We're different. Some would say obsessed. There's no place on earth we'd rather be than right here, right now. Performance driven gear. So you can fish longer, harder. Gill's Performance Fishing. Hey
0: guys, 2021 Red Crest Champion, Dustin Connell here. And if you watch live covers, we just got done at Lake fall yeah.
1: All right, man, we uh, gave it our all. Good college try, Rich, but uh, failed miserably. And- mm-hmm. Attempt to find something that we're looking for. So, see you guys in two weeks. Thanks for
3: hanging, man. It's Mike Iaconelli. This is Bash U TV. Here's what's awesome about Bash U TV you get the top instructors. You will learn things at Bash U that
0: you
1: will learn nowhere else. And we help you build confidence with new techniques. We take the mystery and the myths. Out of bass fishing, real tools that help you catch more fish consistently. At Bass U TV, shoes are optional, and
3: I like turtles. We teach you to enjoy bass fishing, and that's why you want to check out Bass U TV. Join the Bass U family.
2: Welcome to Bass U TV.